let's just transition into some sins that we liked. Aaron wrote this sin about pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Caffeinated. So caffeinated. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. So caffeinated. <laughs> coffee, I'm assuming. Yes, I haven't had coffee in a couple days, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it. I had, <laughs> oh, I had a lot. My blood is pumping. Yeah, and I was like, why am I so like, and then this is it. This is why. I love I'm it. Having like, like I'm, I feel like I'm kind of getting sweaty, though. Like, I'm just, it's, like, my, my veins are just open. <laughs> the world is opening up for me. Because, well, here's <laughs> the question, on. though. Do you know about how long your caffeine, like, high is? Because it Just a couple comes. more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this, like, the crash is coming. You're just going to be like. <laughs> just we'll, we'll get halfway through this week's videos, and Danae will just disappear from the show. Uh. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, we better get we better get right into it then uh, to keep Danae on this high. Uh, yay, go drugs. Uh, let's get into the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. We like to kick it off in the commercial Sins world. Uh, boy, oh boy, do we have a commercial today. This is the Folgers <laughs> Brother and Sister Home for Christmas commercial. Barrett wrote on this one. I remember reading an article about this commercial no. five or six years ago. I don't ago. remember this commercial. I know um, the Folgers thing. You know, I know, obviously, this, the Folgers song. Th- this is an infamous commercial. Like People have been talking wow. about this commercial since it came out, uh, what, like 10 years, 12 years ago, something like so that? So we're not the first ones to insinuate oh, the Oh, no, 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 no. This is, no. like I said, there are full articles written on what, like, See? there's an in-depth history with the actors in this commercial, like, that interviews them about like what they were told, how they were told to act toward. Like people really care about this commercial. Um, so they, yeah, I mean they they. I mean it feels like they'd be a really good couple. So I wonder if they. <laughs> That's right. Like this is actually the moment when the actors hooked up mm-hmm. off camera. Yeah. Because like, the sexual tension was so can intense. You imagine your kids like when did you guys meet? Well, we were playing brother and sister <laughs> on a Folgers commercial. It's amazing. Uh, and because that we was have like a- on Dexter, do you guys remember on Dexter uh, in real life, Michael C. Hall oh, and right. Jennifer Carpenter dated yeah. for a little bit? And I remember at the time, like, because I was watching the show, I, even though obviously there's nothing wrong with that, they're not really brother and sister. But if you watch that show, you're like having a hard time, like, wrapping your head around that every week. Like, they, yeah. like they're having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember having that exact reaction to Dexter. I was more like, that's a lot of blood uh, when I watched that show. show Yeah, no, that bothered me less than the fact that Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter were an item. So who wants to go first? Uh, who's who's itching to talk about the Folgers brother and sister commercial? Uh, I'm just like, I had no idea this was a this was like a thing though. Like I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I that don't this, remember the commercial. I thought that was just, you know, did Barrett write this? I just thought Barrett just, you know, just got that out of it and just started sending it. No, you know, no, it I is didn't know. infamous no, for this. Yeah. If you watch the actual commercial, it part of me is like, no, they just have this really deep 
care for each other, this like brother, sister, you know, care for each other. But I could not wrap my mind around the idea that somebody would be gone long enough that they wouldn't recognize their own sibling and that that sibling would care about that person that they hadn't seen in so long that they'd be like, you're my present. Like, I just, it just, is it Was is he it not wrong? joking though? Was he, he not oh, joking? I don't think so. I think it comes off like a really genuine moment in the commercial you're to right. me. No, you're right. And maybe I'm wrong and I just don't know if, family that exists like this <laughs> look i i am I, don't I am know. tight i am tight with my sisters and yeah, uh, yeah. i can never imagine one of them putting a bow on me and saying you're my present that's the part that really <laughs> gets me because even yeah. then i'd be like oh this is weird yeah sibling so. relationships uh, as much as much as we love our siblings they're much more combative like, right or, they're, or, they're much more like i'm gonna elbow you or no, push you a yeah. little bit or, i didn't have that with my brother but it would have been gonna more, make fun of you yeah it would have yeah. been more like i'm just really glad you're here man i missed you a whole lot it well, would sure, be like of course. Yeah, yeah. you're my gift this year it wouldn't be that <laughs> it wouldn't no, be like this no, moment this is, where she's just like poorly oh my god you made it way creepier dude that would <laughs> that would be the worst it's pretty much that creepy it's yeah, pretty it much that creepy it feels that creepy and yeah, so i just is. i was really no, excited to see what does. barrett did with this one um a couple of the sins i really liked was the pointing out that the coffee was already brewed before the brother got there mm-hmm. yeah. so why didn't these things wake up the mother um and I really enjoyed that because I didn't think about that the first time, uh, first mm-hmm. time I watched it. And then I'm just going to, of course, I'm going to point out the easy one, the the moment between the siblings when she's being sweet and saying that her, you know, the gift is her. And then the, the narrator's like, uh, you, which is a textbook yeah. CinemaSins sin. It's something that mm-hmm. you've seen. Uh, I think, have we done that on TV since? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Aaron's done it a couple of times, but I don't we remember don't do doing it, that often. it but I, it's Maybe possible not. I have. It just... There's, you know, those there's sins that transcend every single channel, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've got the IU from Cinema Sins. Now here it is over yeah. on Commercial Sins. So it's really glad. And I love the notes in the script that said, yes, we're adding 500 sins here for potential incest. <laughs> As a note to the editors that, yes, we are intentionally adding 500 sins here. Um, because sometimes we think about typos. You have a sin where we're adding a great big number mm-hmm. and we just want to make sure that it's like, yeah, we're yeah. actually doing that here. And I thought that was funny. Jonathan, what about you? So I don't think anyone's mentioned the, if your sister looks this different, try next door where you can flirt with someone who is not your blood relative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Danae mentioned that they meet at the door or whatever and not recognize each other. But that one was the one that had me really laughing. Mm-hmm. And then also I love the thing about, uh, you know, coffee being a stimulant. So why would you give somebody this like after they've been, you know, flying all night or whatever? And it's why not let them take a nap and or a shower so before true. you put a giant pot of wake up on? I just like the term so giant pot of wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this commercial, if you want some more info on it, uh, it, there's been an article in Vanity Fair about it that you can look up. And the article that is really goes into it is uh, from GQ. Uh, GQ did an article called The Folgers Incest Ad, The Oral History of Coming Home. And they interview the people in the commercial and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, And if you you don't know what a magazine is, it is a... (laughs) I didn't say magazine. I just said GQ, so it's online. When you said GQ, I just... I just thought magazine. Um, yeah. What uh so what did the actors say about Well, you know, you have to go read the you GQ find article out for to find out. Um but stay yeah. tuned for Q 
keeping tabs. It it is it is interesting stuff. Uh, if you want to go check that out, as far as uh, sins from the commercial, I we haven't mentioned my favorite, which is just talking about all the coffee that is in Africa and like mm-hmm. and just being so incensed that you would call Folgers like the best coffee when you've been in africa like there was no good coffee there uh that that really spoke to me i I thought that was amazing and i'm not even a coffee drinker so um so yeah all right let's move on to tv sins for the week um a couple brand new pilots this week from tv sins starting we don't just do rick and morty and marvel we do other things we do other things (laughs) uh lucifer season one episode one the pilot jonathan and ian writing on this script the first script i wrote with him oh nice uh, we wrote and we wrote two this week yeah and uh we had i i have not had i will say especially view to a kill but lucifer as well i i can't remember the last time i've had so much crossover with a with another writer Mm -hmm. like i'm almost positive ian thinks I saw his sins, and then I just wrote some similar. So <laughs> that's what oh, I man. do. When I, I'm with it Ian. would look like I wrote more. <laughs> well, that's what I do with when I'm with Ian. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm going to copy yeah. his as mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's just a standard. You see Ian's script, and then you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could write a sin like it, and then I'll just pretend <laughs> like I had to choose well, I, the better one. I genuinely just comp- combined one this morning that me and him wrote that we'll be talking about in a couple weeks, and uh, I, I think like fifteen percent is mine now. Like I, I didn't leave much of mine in because yeah. he was just he was killing it. So what did Ian have to say about this one? I will tell you right this second. Well, yeah, super ready. Okay. Ian said, this is my first exposure to Lucifer outside of the satanic cult that I attend every sixth day of the sixth week. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you guys think that's a joke, but that is a true story. <laughs> but you, obviously. You can't spell sa- Satan without Ian. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, obviously, I'm not allowed to talk about that after the unfortunate incident with those aubergines flavored biscuits last year aubergines flavored biscuits last year mm-hmm. yeah that's got to be a british thing right i don't yeah. i don't know what that is i think it's eggplant mm-hmm. anyway and don't they call cookies biscuits yes am i yeah. wrong about that yeah, no, no you're correct yeah and they're very frustrated whenever we correct them that it's a cookie <laughs> <laughs> i can't speak for all of the brits but yeah. ian in particular held up a cookie one day i'm sorry a biscuit <laughs> and it was it was a cookie on the top Cream in the middle, a cookie on the bottom. Clear. It was an Oreo. Uh, it, was a fucking, it was a blonde Oreo. And I was like, oh, it's a cookie. And it was as if I stabbed a baby. He's like, what? No, this is a biscuit. What do, they, do they even have biscuits? I thought you were going to say, do they even have babies? <laughs> no, do they have like what we call a biscuit? Because I don't no, know that they do. Like, be- like call biscuits it- and gravy? Like, yeah. yeah. What do they call that? That would be some sort of... Well, in that- and that used to be almost 100% Southern because you'd go out West. I mean, my brother-in-law lived uh, in uh, Washington for a while and mm-hmm. uh, they did, it was hard to find biscuits. Like they had, uh, what is it? Uh, English muffins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. you know, so they, maybe they don't. Um, okay. Well, well, he continues. Sorry. Wait, what were we talking about? Lucifer. Okay. I have to admit it was Talk quite Folgers. Mm-hmm. It was quite hard to concentrate <laughs> on sending this episode because of all the distractingly beautiful people in it. Tom Ellis, mm-hmm. Lauren German, Rachel Harris, also attractive. They made me feel like my own genes must have been put through a blender specifically to make an ugly smoothie. 
There you was go. Was he saying like all like all of the people were so attractive? I think he's that saying what, that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, because when he said it that way, it was almost like he was like, and Rachel Harris. I mean, she's also attractive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I read that strangely. <laughs> um, he goes on to say, superficial comments aside, I really enjoyed this episode and will probably continue to watch the show, although I'm worried it will go the mo- the way of most anti-hero media and struggle to actually make Lucifer the bad guy. Somehow, I think we will find a way to keep rooting for him even though he is literally Satan incarnate, that is the end of my thoughts. So whatever Danae says next are her own words. You bastard. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail <laughs> Satan. Hail Satan. No, he made me write, read that. Um, He says the slow zoom on Lucifer's eyes as he hypnotized the narrator was very nicely done and beautifully delivered by Aaron. Of course, as soon as I saw the bar chart, I paused the episode, grabbed a cup of tea and buckled in because I knew that it would be wrong. I'm quickly learning that any kind of graphic on the screen is an absolute gift as they are in- invariably all sorts of fucked up. Yeah, he's right about that. There are certain times in any show that we sin where you instantly stop and you're like, I'm digging in here. There is something here. Fine print, like uh, for Loki reading like the causes pregnancy that kind of a thing like mm-hmm. you there's so much that you can do if you just stop and pause and kind of zoom in i've even had moments where you can't zoom so i'll take a picture of what i'm watching with my phone and zoom in on my phone to see if i can catch any more details um so he's not wrong about that but anyways those are ian's thoughts on lucifer yeah um jonathan you're up next <laughs> I had never seen it either, um, and I, I I had a really fun time with it. I, I don't, I mean, it's not like it's it's a lot of stuff that's been done before, but I think Tom Ellis and Lauren German are just really fun to watch, especially together. Like it would be really weird to see them play brother sister because they have a lot of chemistry, mm-hmm. and uh, that joke just fell flat. But that's fine. <laughs> they should start uh, in a Folgers ad. <laughs> they should start a Folgers ad or on Dexter. Uh, Tom Ellis and Lauren German are really good, so they were really fun. And I've actually watched like uh, six episodes of this since I watched the pilot. Oh, uh, nice! And, and not because not for sunny purposes, just because I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm I don't know that I'm gonna like I'm not binging it by any means, but you know I'll just be like, oh, it'd be a good time to pop in an episode of Lucifer. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's definitely kind of follows that similar like mystery of the week kind of thing, but there is some stuff going on. In the background, you see some of that in this episode. Um, I cannot remember the actor's name, but the other angel comes and is telling him that, you know, God wants Lucifer to go back to hell. Because the whole premise is that Lucifer has left hell and he's just hanging out on Earth and doing whatever he wants to do. Um, And I do agree with Ian. I mean, it is kind of weird because he is Lucifer, right? But I mean, I don't know. It kind of I find it interesting, though, even though I don't I'm not saying this is like super following like, you know, belief systems and stuff, but. The idea that Lucifer, you know, there's the idea that Lucifer didn't necessarily want to be the ruler of hell, right? Like, you know, if you go into it, mm-hmm. right, he was just, he was cast down and it is what it is. So I don't know. They kind of, they kind of dabble with that a little bit and that's kind of fun. Um, also, this is technically a DC show, which I had forgotten about. Uh, in fact, I read that Lucifer was on one of the, um, was it the last one they did, the Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever? Oh, was he? See, I wouldn't uh, have known because I don't watch the show, but I did, I did watch no, the- but I, but you watched that one, right? Correct. You watched but I that. wouldn't have known. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten the, oh, you the inside reference. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, suppose so he was on um one uh one of those episodes one of the shows. I don't remember which one mm-hmm. he popped up on, but um I I read that and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that this was technically based on because uh, this was kind of before everything was on CW. Because if you remember, like Supergirl was like on ABC or something mm-hmm. when it yeah. first started. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, and um, and uh, yeah, but no, but I really enjoy the show. And then also Rachel Harris, who we uh, we we took a set off because I think that was me. I think Rachel Harris is just awesome, yeah. and uh, we do not deserve her. Um, as far as the sins, this was a lot of fun to write with Ian on. He had the one about where the narrator gets taken in by Lucifer's eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I like the way Aaron read it with sometimes I think about not returning my shopping cart once I'm done with it. Like that was the sin mm-hmm. that the, the yeah. narrator committed. I thought that was very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where the the bartender character, the uh, who's another like uh, 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 Helligan that's come up to Earth with Lucifer. Uh, she is apparently being um, serviced uh, <laughs> under the bar by a by yeah. a, by a gentleman. <laughs> And the sin is, I have it on good authority yeah. that if she can still hold a conversation while he's doing that, he's probably not doing it right. I thought that was hilarious. Because I had written something. I don't remember what I had written. It was a little more like... Was that I, really happening? I think it was I supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking the show. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. And then I love the... I love the. Uh, I, don't, I forgot to write down what was actually said in the show, but I love the sin. That's humanist. Wait, no, that's something else entirely. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um, and then... Uh, and then I just, uh, the wording of the, the I guess the mystery in this episode was this pop singer had been, had been killed and she was, they showed a clip of her singing a song and the lyrics were hit me point blank, hit me point blank. And the sin was postmortem foreshadowing because mm-hmm. she had been shot. I had that one too. Uh, yeah. So those were, those were some of my favorites. Yeah. I think it was postmortem pre-shadowing. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I like that. A little turn of phrase. Um. What about you, Danae? I've not seen this show. I have no interest in this show. The end. <laughs> Any sins you want to totally talk about? Totally fair. Uh, yeah, there's a couple that weren't mentioned. No, I, I do. I do, though, like, well, I used to like the crime proceed, like the crime solving ones. But there's something about CW that just makes me want to vomit. This is Fox. It seems like CW. <laughs> it, you couldn't have you a more CW mean? show if you tried, even though it's I on disagree. Fox. I disagree. I think this feels very Fox because to Do me, you? the show this reminded me of was Bones. Okay, so I've never okay. seen the show, but but I'm so, like Danae watching the video. I I felt I thought, oh, this is on the CW, right? Because it has that supernatural vibe thing going. Well, it's on. on Netflix now. Technically, the oh, last okay. two seasons yeah, yeah, yeah. have been on Netflix, yeah. but it was on Fox for like three three or four seasons. And Bones to me, you know, is more like obviously has a chance at least existing in the real world and i liked i liked bones because of the the female character being so strong and unquestionably brilliant which you is that, just refreshing get that here to see in a female lead you know well, and just, so uh, the reason i say bones is because it's lucifer is very much like a straight procedural in a lot of ways. So that's it's and just the chemistry reminded me of Bones. But when you but add not, in the supernatural CWS yeah. sort of Lucifer drama kind of thing, it sort of takes me out. I don't I don't mm-hmm. mind, you know, like the fantastical storylines. I don't mind I in fact I love fantasy stories mm-hmm. in general. So I'm definitely not opposed to it. And it's not that I'm opposed because it's Satan. Um I think it's more like I don't know what the driving factor is in it. And that's probably because I haven't actually watched it. 
So, of course, I'm just going off of the Sins video. But watching the Sins video will oftentimes give me a glimpse into whether or not I'd be interested in it. And because I haven't watched a crime procedural in a while, I don't know that I would be drawn to one where, you know, Satan is the lead. Yeah, no, I'm not. I just I just had to just make sure, kind of scan my internal dialogue there. Uh, some of the sins that I really liked, uh, I, I tend to when I'm, so I'll watch the video and then guys, I'll go read the script. And there's oftentimes just notes from, I know it's not a CW show chat. I realize it is a CW show. Although I'm quickly, quickly go back. The fact that she was getting pleased, uh, it should have been my first clue it wasn't CW. <laughs> it was Fox because that's a very clear, like, lines are drawn. I don't think CW would have a moment like that. But um, anyway, you don't I mean, think? I don't know. You, really? You think they would? I wouldn't, I wouldn't think there's a dis- distinction between what CW will show and what Fox would show. They're both network. I mean, that just seems to me like, I don't know. CW's, well, I mean, I know what you're saying in the sense I mean, that uh, I will I say in, not, in the it, sense that the most of the CW shows that we have covered have been more of like the teenage variety. Right. They do have CW shows with adults. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, they have Dynasty right now. I mean, I'm sure Dynasty would do something like that. Yeah, sure. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't see that on Riverdale. No. Or like Vampire <laughs> no. Diaries. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, some of the sins I like uh, are because I'll go and I'll read the script after watching the video and I'll see the notes that are written to the narrator and I find them delightful. Um, so the sin is also I'm so relieved to see another cop story that has an underdog detective trying to prove their worth after a vague case that went wrong. Who says fresh ideas are better? <laughs> Me, I do. And the note to the narrator is the narrator is not, in fact, glad at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one that had some notes, uh, the lead in leading up to this was, um, so Lucifer is like holding, what it was the rapper's name? Too vile. Too vile, yeah. Over the balcony and threatening his life. So you've got this guy who's kind of like being like about to be like launched over and, and Lucifer is asking questions. And so uh, too vile for his life. He's like, okay, I hit her once because I found out that she was cheating on me. And the narrator quips back. Oh, in that case, all is forgiven. I'm glad we sorted that out. This dreadful, uh, sort out this dreadful misunderstanding. And the notes to the narrator are heaps of sarcasm. <laughs> heaps. <laughs> heaps, heaps of them. Yeah. Uh, another one that I wrote down was um, I think Lucifer says in the show, I never uh, understood the human desire to procreate and the sin is, oh, I don't know. Shall we start with avoiding extinction? (laughs) (laughs) And I just wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Yeah. So I enjoyed that one a lot. And that was written by Ian, the the one of us who doesn't have a child. So that was. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. I uh, very much like you, Danae. I did not find anything about watching this video that made me want to watch the show. But part of that may be, um, it, it's not a comment on this looks like a terrible show. As much, as much as it is for me, it would take moving mountains for me to get interested in a crime procedural at this point. And like I was a huge CSI, like I watched every episode of CSI, watched mm-hmm. every episode of CSI Miami, watched every episode of CSI oh, New York. Like I, I no, was no, no, into no, no. CSI. And I just I'm not judging. No, feel free. This face that I just made, (laughs) the podcast listener can't see, but this face that I just made, it wasn't one of judgment. 
it was one of contemplation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'll just say this: CSI Miami. David Caruso was such a turnoff in that show. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get involved. I loved in it. it. There, I loved it. I, and it then was, CSI New York, I just thought was dull. I remember, but I loved Vegas. It was. I loved Vegas. Yes, Miami was and over I'm the gonna top. I'm going to be watching. I'm definitely going to be watching the new Vegas new, uh, reboot. New York was dull. Well, that's why I bring it up. That's that's what I was yeah. saying. Was I used to be a huge CSI person, and I don't think I'm going to watch the new one. Like I just I have lost all interest in 42 minutes of getting to a place where you kind of tipped you were in the first 10 minutes. Like it's just I it just well, the formula think, became so uh, uh, yeah, obvious to me and predictable. And uh, and so that's probably part of why I wouldn't be interested in in watching Lucifer. But um, as far as sins go, uh, you guys covered pretty much everything I had. Lots of great stuff here. The only one I wanted to mention is uh, they don't call me the abacus of YouTube narrators for nothing. I just thought it was really <laughs> funny after uh, adding up 372 incidents of Lucifer uh, being pompous. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. All right, let's move into Monsters at Work. Uh, this is on Disney Plus and is in the Monsters Inc. universe. By far, the biggest comment in this video is, wait, this is a show? <laughs> like, people didn't even know this show existed. Like, that there's a, a Monsters Inc. television show. Um, so anyhow, yes, this show exists. And, uh, we send it. So... This was a um, who wrote on this? Danae, was this you, you and me? And I. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Danae and I wrote I on this one. But yeah, um, I was yeah. involved. Danae, let's start with you. What did you think of Welcome to Monsters Incorporated? I loved it because I'm an animated dork. <laughs> 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 I I loved it, and I also um, I think because I have a kid and I'm like continuing to look for things that she might be enjoying. I have that lens on all the time now, and this is the shift from Monsters Incorporated turning into a laugh factory and giving them a place to talk about or to continue that story of what happens to Monsters Incorporated after the movie when you can't scare children to power your entire existence. You now have to make them laugh. And how does that function inside of the business uh, of Monsters Incorporated? And so you have this introduction of characters that we already know and love. Uh, I shouldn't say introduction. You have a, you know, uh, I don't know, reintroduction to them. And then you have new characters kind of coming in. And the delightful part of Monsters, Inc. for me is just the creativity in the monsters. And there were a couple of times I genuinely chuckled. I actually kind of laughed. There was a couple of really good humor moments. And I can see kids enjoying this. And adults like myself, who enjoy the sweet, sweet G-rated content, the the, uh, the the candy for our brains, the break from the intensity of reality, where the funniest thing to happen in the next five minutes is a monster with suction cups touching a baked good. And you know what? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was surprised, though, when, uh, you know, Mike was getting a blowjob at the bar. That was surprising. That was that to weird. Me. weird. That was yeah. That was yeah. surprising to me. I did not <clears throat> yeah. expect that. Also, didn't I even thought know that he was could his get a job. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we learn a lot about monster anatomy in this mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. What, I feel like I'm going to hell. What does distinguish no, a tentacle from a penis? You know, really. We don't know. At the end of the day, what what does? Like, let's just transition into some sins that we liked. 
Aaron wrote this sin about pubic hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was part of the sin. It wasn't the entirety of the sin. I love that sin so much. Just like Chinatown is all about incest, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Aaron's sin was all about pubic hair. I mean, holy shit. When I read that one, I was like, fuck. Why do I do this job? You know, like <laughs> I felt that way on our when we get to like the main channel content too mm-hmm. this week. There's just God, there's some good shit you guys are I writing. Hope you, I hope you have opinions about working out in thongs because I'm really curious. What the answer <laughs> I have to that opinions is. about thongs every day. If we want to talk about it, it mm-hmm. will be a very similar chat. We will get to that. But anyway, um, so that was one of my favorite sins that uh, was in this particular uh, script was the idea of just going. Here we have this monster covered in hair. And my question is... And <laughs> 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 just like trying to break down how any of this works well, in starts, this world. It starts with, with him saying, keep your shirt on. Yeah. And it's like, who's wearing a shirt? Who's, no one's wearing, wearing clothing. Like, no. You know. <laughs> it's so. such a great question and such a funny thing to just get, you know, like, I don't know, just to sink into. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked uh, Aaron pointing out just the scare floor tactics, like how they flipped the scare floor into a laugh floor so quickly. And this is where his love of Pixar and the recollection of story was really helpful because I didn't I couldn't quite grasp where we were in the timeline on my first watch. And it's really soon. Like, it's just like, was it the next day? Or something? Yeah, it's immediately after the first movie. Yeah. And at first I thought that there had been like a little time that had passed. And on my second watch, I'm like, wait a second. This is immediate. This mm-hmm. is the bad guy has been arrested. And suddenly you throw these two people who shouldn't be in charge of anything, you know, to the top of the food chain. And, you know, OK, just suspend your disbelief or whatever and just, you know, run with it. Um, but kind of the pointing out about how quickly you can switch one thing to another uh, you know, it would be like going, it, it just, it was insanity. So I liked mm-hmm. how those were uh, written. I liked the sin about unblinking eye contact while touching baked goods. Cause I felt like that was out mm-hmm. of left field. And That's I think so those funny. are fun to just sprinkle into the scripts. Um, I also liked the, but why are these letters so crooked? Uh, you know, there's a sign in the background uh, that's, it's like one of those felt signs where you can kind of take the letters and you push them in and they are all clearly aligned you Mm -hmm. know to talk about these different floors that they're on but the new edition on the bottom is out of whack and it's obviously designed to draw our eye to it so we can see laugh floor Mm -hmm. instead of scare floor or whatever but there's no reason for them to be crooked and i i could not decide if i wanted to send it or not and how to send it and how in depth which is the struggle of of writing for Mm -hmm. cinema sins in general how much effort do you throw into something as simple or do you just say, but why are these letters so crooked? (laughs) And sometimes you'll spend a lot of time writing something and then you just keep whittling it down into its most, you know, Mm -hmm. potent part. And that's Mm -hmm. what you come up with. Yeah. Um, And there was also another one too, that I really enjoyed because both Aaron and I send the quote unquote transactional nature of a job um, versus the familiar, uh, the familiarity of family. Uh, but Aaron wrote it so much more succinctly. So there's this moment where this new character is, uh, has been taken down to the maintenance section. So he thought he was going to be this like big time new guy at monsters incorporated and scare all the children. He gets to work and he's basically told, 
yeah, that job doesn't exist anymore. And now you're working with maintenance and he meets these new maintenance people. Um, and he's obviously like upset about it and discouraged about it. And the maintenance people are like, no, you're family now. And man, is that a trigger for me? And it's a trigger for Aaron too. And I'm not surprised we both went at this, but just because we work together does not mean that we're like best friends and family. And I'm not talking about my current job. My current job, I actually consider the guys to be really close. Like we're really close knit. But in previous jobs, it has been a trigger for me because there's this expectation that just because we work together, that we're going to be like super, super close. And I don't know that I like that anymore. <laughs> I like having a buffer. I like having a transactional nature of a job. I want to be able to turn to somebody and say, I need you to do your job and not have it turn into a family discussion about, you know, the depths of emotion. So I'm just more of a blunt person when it comes to my work. I just want to say it and not have to worry about whether or not I'm hurting someone's feelings, because if it's in your job description, I should be able to say, I need you to show up to this event at such and such time. And that person say, yep, no problem. Instead of, well, actually, you're supposed to ask me if uh, if I could do it as a favor. Like, no, 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 no. This isn't how it works. And so, uh, yeah, I just like how Aaron wrote the um, the lead in is uh, thanks, um, but I'm not really family. And the response from the person in maintenance is, uh, I could be a father figure to you. And Aaron perfectly wrote, mistaking the transactional nature of job with the familiarity of a family bond. You can have positive working relationships with your coworkers without pretending like they share genetic code, I promise. And that one was my most favorite because it felt like therapy to me. So thank you, Aaron. I do want to just, uh, since we're talking about it now, and I had that written down as well, I get it. I get why people feel that way. I get why people say it, but it's also been used uh, for oppressive reasons. There, there are reasons bosses like to talk about their workers being family because mm -hmm. then they can get, you know, um, favors from, well, you know, yeah. um, you know, you're like my kids. I'm like your dad. Like, you know, uh, do, instead of just being like, no, I pay you to do this thing, do this thing. Let's talk about the thing you're doing. It becomes, you know, so much more uh, interconnected because with your family, there is that kind of blood is thicker than water vibe. Like, Hey, you know, you know, you're my sibling, you're my father, whatever. Like, let's have this conversation. Whereas a job doesn't have to be that way. Um, so for me, it's part of how that has been used against employees, uh, in the past to be like, you know, look, we're family, like you got to do this thing. And it's like, yeah. You yeah. Know, so, it, it, and it's yeah. also like, you're supposed to jump in and do, I will jump in and do quote unquote, whatever it takes for my family. But for my job, I have certain things like I'll just They're different boundaries. walk. Yeah. <laughs> like if this gets unhealthy, I don't have to be here. Right. Um which is also true for family. So, you know, every family dynamic is different, but there's a different level of like, I don't know, of care that goes into When you say family, it's like it's in my heart. It's mm -hmm. like a deep it's a deep thing. These people have known me since I was born. So, yeah. they've seen me through a lot whereas if you say we're family at work, I'm like, Are that we? just doesn't make sense. We're, but we're not. <laughs> but I get what people mean by it too. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be completely dismissive. But I of like it, but... that we're putting our finger on it, saying no. But this but needs I, to be also, redefined. That's also why I wanted to emphasize the positive working relationships because you mentioned like our current job and how much we love each other. Like because we have positive working relationships. You know, like yeah. That's... Well, and we're really tight. We're a tight knit group of people. Like right, exactly. That can mm -hmm. still happen without having to call it something different. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's uh, all that I have to one? say about okay. that's it. Yep. 
Um, I kind of enjoyed this. I thought this was really fun. Uh, I have not gone back to it. I haven't watched any more episodes. Um, so, you know, I guess that says something about I didn't enjoy it that much. But yeah. um, but I did have a good time with it. Um, and you touched on a lot of uh, the sins uh, that I would mention. Um, I wanted to mention the spoilers sin, which to me of the episode was the biggest thing where it was like, seriously, this is an unsolved mystery. Why does he have that letter? Like, why is he yeah. the one giving him that letter that is addressed to him? Like, it's just that was that was a really weird one for me. That was a big uh, mystery on that one. Um, and then the one where uh, trying to call into question as to why there were so many of the newspaper about their downfall, like every single employee the next day every single had that one. newspaper. And it's like, um, did somebody just troll them, like bring it into rub salt <laughs> in their wounds? And then the narrator says, can you imagine being the kind of person that would purposely draw attention to the failures of the things that they love? Uh, shudder to consider it. Um, so I wanted to mention that one as well. Um, and then I had to mention, clearly this child has a very odd sense of humor given this horrific drawing of a bi-headed horse monster pooping a butterfly. Um, great observation <laughs> from Danae and, uh, and lots of fun with that. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? What did you think of this show? It was pretty good. I, too, have not watched anything after this. Monsters, Inc. is my favorite Pixar movie. And, oh, cool. Um, and I actually really love Monsters University. I think Aaron and I have talked about this on the, that on this show mm-hmm. enough. But um, so I like uh, I like all that. And it it does feel I don't know if Pete Doctor was directly involved with the show, but it definitely has that feeling. I mean, it definitely feels like something that it should be included in this in this universe. Uh, Although, I mean, it does help that you've still got like Billy Crystal. And yeah, you've got the actual voices. John Goodman and and Jennifer Tilly and everybody doing the doing the voices. So that definitely helps. So I, I love that it's all being taken like it's not just a like, I don't know, like they used to make those and they might still do this. But like I know like Disney Channel. Uh, would do those like after like Disney would have like a big hit movie, they would do like a show on Disney Channel mm-hmm. that just kind of looked cheap and you know like uh, sure. like they had like a they had like a Tangled show or like you mm-hmm. know whatever. And uh, this feels like something that could fit a- right alongside with the movies, much like the MCU shows feel like they could fit right alongside the movies. I feel like this is kind of the same thing. I don't know that I'll really ever go back to it. I might, but like my daughter's not really interested in it and. I just don't know that it's something unless we send more. I don't know mm-hmm. that it's something I would just throw on. But I did enjoy myself. Um, uh, Danae mentioned the baked goods. That was my favorite one. By the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also enjoyed us just trolling ourselves. Can you imagine being the kind of person that would purposely draw attention to the failures of the things they love? Mm-hmm. That was great. And then uh, open containers on top of important equipment. I always enjoy whatever the variations on that sin. We seem to always send. I don't know if that's an Aaron or Danae thing, but that always gets said when there's like a cup of coffee or something like by a mic. Drives me crazy. <laughs> Drives me crazy, yeah. man. I think I wrote something in there about like, Aaron, you know, I, I don't even think I, I, I instructed Aaron that it needed to be done with rage because Aaron's Aaron himself experiences <laughs> the rage. If there's an open container of any liquid near expensive equipment, it's like, I can hear him in my mind. Yeah, Even crazy. today, I'm like, ooh, that's crazy, careful. man. He's so not weird. even here. And Who I'm like, does oh, that? Who oh, does God. that? Do I, I mean, have any open containers anywhere? Oh, shit. Okay, okay, no, no, okay, okay. I yeah. mean, who does that shit? It's so, oh, God. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan is showing his open Diet Dr. Pepper can at this what? moment. What? No, I'm not. And, oh, no. uh, I mean, sorry. I do Was have I doing this, that? but it's over there, and so I just want to clarify you that both, my equipment's over here. You both are in my doghouse right now. You <laughs> both are driving me crazy. <laughs> Cap that stuff. Cap it. All right, let's move into music video sins. Uh, Everything Wrong with Drake featuring Future and Young Thug way too sexy. Uh, <laughs> Barrett and Danae wrote on this one together. Um, so there you go. Uh, Danae, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Oh my God, what the fuck did I just watch? That's my thought on this mm -hmm. one. Yeah. I've never watched a music video and been more confused. Ever? Ever. It was so <laughs> strange. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think by the middle of it, I, I thought, oh, I get it. I get it. Okay, we're like flipping the channels. That's what this is. This is a flipping the channels kind of a right, thing. Right, kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because he goes from these different, he has these different outfit changes. You know, he's a pirate and he is like a Rambo and he's Michael Jackson. And then he's in this commercial for a cologne or perfume. TBD. I don't know. Uh, He's this. He's that. But then it shifts over into this calendar entry and it wasn't even. And then I thought, did I miss a calendar theme here? And I went back through the entire thing and watched it again. There's the end has, you know, this other guest appearance going through like just the fall part of the calendar, the fall and winter. It's a completely new theme. Then you've got like this callback to let's don't wait till the water runs dry from boys to men video from the 90s at one moment. I mean, it was. It was a lot. Oh, and there's like a beach scene and there's like, oh, and there's a workout videos mm -hmm. happening. None of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then you think, oh, I know what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next is that the lyrics make sense. Nope. They don't. No. It is just nothing but bullshittery mm -hmm. and money being thrown at us and people being like, let's do whatever we can think of doing yeah all at the same time because no one's going to tell us no because we have the resources to do it and they did it and it was insane and i thought man if there was ever a music video sense to write on this is the one yeah because <laughs> it was really easy to just have fun with uh writing on this one um so uh barrett did write a little bit do you mean everybody wrote yeah barrett says drake looks sexier as the old man on the beach than any other time in the video <laughs> thanks barrett <laughs> oh my god um so some of the sins that i really enjoyed was uh, barrett pointing out that while he was lifting weights that it looked impressive but he's canadian so the 45 on mm -hmm. it <laughs> referenced milligrams mm -hmm. i thought that was really really funny um also of course we got to sin or i would rather barrett sin the thongs and this rage about thongs, uh, not understanding how anyone could work out in them, um, specifically saying, I know when I work out, I don't want anything um, anywhere near my butthole, but maybe it's just me. I just feel like <laughs> there are moments when we should be doing Twitter polls, and that's one of them. <laughs> I mean, right? I personally love working out in a thong myself. Do you? But Talk about yes. that. Talk about that, Jonathan. Take, take the stage. I Talk just about love your to love have it. my, you know, balls wrapped up in thin material while I'm trying to, <laughs> while I'm trying to, um, mm -hmm. I, I, I can't finish that. I have no idea where I'm going with that. No, I cannot. I, I don't see how that would be comfortable, but I mean, m many women do it. So, you know, whatever. I'm just assuming that they just take some sort of numbing pace and just smear it on the undercarriage and then just go work out. 
Um, or they just like they do like Jennifer uh, Lopez. They remove they, their they butthole. They have no buttholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or or sensitive bits of any kind, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think it's got to just be for fashion. This is just a fashion statement, yeah. right? Sure. If that's all it is. And, you know, after you've worn something enough, it just becomes second nature. And you're just, you I, no longer realize that you have a thin strip I, of fabric just chafing you in your sensitive bits. I, I haven't been to a gym since pre-pandemic. And I mean, let's be honest, I didn't go to a gym that much pre-pandemic. No, but uh, but I, I, I did go to gyms occasionally. And I, I don't see like those types of outfits really anymore. It's all at yoga least pants. around where I It's all yoga pants no, uh, no. on the women in shorts. I, I don't guys. see this. It's, uh, you yeah, know, that was that's a very eighties. The gym so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean yoga pants is like I mean that's everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean that's the, yeah, they're so comfortable. And those look so comfortable. They're like, really uh, comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yes, I have multiple pairs of My them. My wife but rocks them. It, it, just, oh, yeah. it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us over in. I I think culture is going in the correct way, but that that women's fashion is uncomfortable. I mean, are bras comfortable? Were corsets comfortable? No, it's you know it's a it's a fashion thing. It's like I have to no. do this because my body is supposed to look this particular way. I have no. to do this because it emphasizes my butt cheeks. Like you know what, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's 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 sacrificing comfort for some sort of body image, you know. Um, or and I don't mean to make it a negative thing in every case because some women want to portray a version of sexy that they think is sexy, and that's you know that's perfectly fine too. But in that case, they're trading comfort for their own version of this is how I look sexy. Um, well, or beautiful I mean, or whatever a, it might be. That's a big sweeping statement. I think some women well, that's love why I fashion. It. Yeah, yeah, unsweep that shit. Um, I did. That's I think why, Aaron that's just offended just, yeah. everyone. Yeah, you just did that. I yeah. heard that. I think like uh, I think for some for some people, wearing something makes them feel confident. And so when you're going right. to go work out, you're like, this is what I'm wearing, and exactly. this is the trend right now. But being reminded of it in the video was delightful, and it yeah. was fun to send that. Yeah. Um, well, I will say when I've gone to a gym, this is, you know, for me personally, when I've when I've decided I'm going to join a gym or I'm going to go work out more, like I will actually go get like clothes just specifically for that, just because I think that kind of gives me incentive in a weird way. This is sure. a whole different story, no, but that no, just made me great. think of that. Yeah. 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 So if, if you if you feel like the gym is synonymous with a thong, then you'll get a thong. There's n- there's nothing wrong with well, that. Was, it's just it hurts more us all. That's all. Shorts. <laughs> right no no Gen no. you shorts. love thongs you said it um i also I, I, yeah well i'm not saying i don't love thongs thongs are i mean they're they're nice there are sometimes uh in the in the uh the sins videos where i feel like barrett does these zingers where it's like a really good insult and one of them in this one for me was the lyric okay all right it's fine and barrett says it's immediately clear that drake thought only about the music video for this track and forgot to put any actual thought into the lyrical content i it's a it doesn't have to be said in some sort of elaborate way i was just not expecting that i was like oh and having watched the video and heard all the lyrics i completely agree it was a great one um i like how he delivered the i pushed tommy because he bit me did you know frogs don't drink water because they absorb it oh and i've also decided i'm vegan (laughs) really loved how he delivered that one uh and then uh, the uh part about the guys when they're out on the sand and they're doing the uh, the motions with their arms out just the way that that all came together where you can hear them and thinking right arm left arm wiggly waterfall fingers two times point to Kawhi, <laughs> and he's like fuck i forgot the next part 
it just turned out really well and it made me laugh yeah. quite a lot nice yeah uh i will just say this music video is nonsense bonkers. and bonkers. bonkers and i think when you do something like this you're hoping it's just fun right you're just like guys let's just forget about anything meaningful let's just have fun and i think that what's that is what drake's trying to do here i yeah. can't necessarily define my experience watching uh the actual music video as fun as more as befuddled and confused um but uh and then you mentioned all the sins that i had written down i really love that oh. uh and also i'm a vegan one uh just slayed me i had to pause the video <laughs> i was laughing so hard after that one um that was that was really good what about you jonathan i th i you know I, drake's got a lot of personality I, I think he's kind of an interesting guy you know he was an actor before he did all this and uh you know, he was on i think degrassi i think is the big show that he did he also actually did a really good job hosting snl uh seven or eight years ago whenever that was so i know he's like a funny guy i know he's got you know he has chops but i do not understand drake the musician i've never understood it um i've never really listened to him outside of when we've sent him uh but i can't it's almost like like i feel like his songs are supposed to be like you know like more not serious but like he's not like weird al you know like like he's not trying to do comedy but then at the same time all of his videos seem to kind of lean more towards that and I just, I don't know that that works, yeah. I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, so I don't really get him as a musician. I never have. And this song was about the same as I felt about all the other ones. So, I mean, you know, I, uh, it just kind of went in one ear and went out the other. I didn't really think about it much afterwards. But uh, as far as the, I loved the sinning, uh, sampling right said Fred is a fucking mortal sin, folks. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Yeah, that was good. And then when he was doing whatever he was doing uh, in the gym, you know, his air humping or whatever that was, if Drake needs this much practice and training, maybe he's just not all that great at humping. I thought that was really funny. Mm. Yep. Well said. Well he was said. getting his gyrations down. His gymrations? Yes. Gym. Gym. GM. Uh, let's move into Cinema Sins. Um, we're doing some Bond movies. Uh, and this one is A View to a Kill. Uh, Jonathan and Ian writing on this one as well. What did Ian have to say about A View to a Kill? He said, do I have to do this, Danae? Am I really done thinking about this movie? <laughs> oh, I am really done thinking about this movie. It is so dumb and bad and dumb. And no, Jonathan, A View to Kill is as much a good song as Chief O'Brien is best known for Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Wow. Um, I know you can actually use the way I phrase that to prove your point, but it will not change the fact that I am right. And Miles Edward O'Brien belongs in the Enterprise, damn it. <laughs> uh, right. <clears throat> a view to kill. There's jumping the shark and then there's jumping the Golden Gate Bridge with a blimp. And that's really all that needs to be said about this steaming turd of inconsistency and innuendo in your endo bond in your endo. Uh, he goes on to say, my favorite sin to pull together was describing the fever dream that is fucking bizarre opening sequ music sequence. It honestly feels uh, random for the sake of being random with no discernible link to the film's themes at all. Of course, Jeremy delivered it masterfully. Comparing Mayday's outfit the first time we see her to Q's when he is playing judge in Star Trek TNG got a lot of love in the comments, which was great to see. It's one of the, mm -hmm. those things that looks obvious to be to me but then again my brain is 95 percent trek at this point so i struggle to not see star trek everywhere i finally got to address the single most annoying point in every single bond film that he should actually be called double zero seven not this double o bullshit lastly food everything wrong with james bond's quiche honestly 
they're on a time crunch and this motherfucker has time to bake a fucking quiche from scratch <laughs> one to add to the bingo card quote ian gets pissed off about how food is presented in film and television yeah i think he wrote he might have even written like a couple more sins about that that we cut I, I i can't remember he had a he had a gathering of sins around that that dish yeah it bothers which him. i didn't think twice about when i'm watching it like i didn't i didn't mention it at all and then he's got like five sins about it i'm like oh that's hilarious yeah a, dir- a direct response to the o and zero thing as somebody who's been in radio for a lot of his career that is definitely a like techno speak that is bled into like radio state like you know 101.7 you know like that kind of stuff so yeah that's a that's an yeah, engineer I, I, speak yeah, kind of thing oh no i get that though i mean I, I i not that i've ever done the oh i mean i guess i've done stuff like at school and stuff but uh but yeah no i i correct myself all the time when i say oh instead of zero it's it's a perfectly valid point it's just it's just so funny yeah. that it, those kind of things you know mm-hmm. shift and for a while in radio stations started calling the point a dot do you do you remember this phase, Danae? I think you were on on the air during this phase, where all of a sudden stations were going from like ninety three point seven to ninety three dot seven. And yeah, like, was that? Oh, like, what are we that. doing here? Like, that was, was like web. It was like a merger with website. It was. It was like, a, it was hey, a, we're. It was like people it's are www dot. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and change yep. this to a dot as well, yeah. so that we are also cool and we're hip. cool and hip radio. Mm-hmm. This is the coolest, yeah. hippest, newest thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Welcome no, to Cool and Hip Radio. <laughs> dot radio. Dot seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give you the weathers on the O's. A little black circle. <laughs> um, why, why does it matter? So, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, you're a bit of a, a Bond aficionado. I am. Um, I, I think there's a few. I think there's maybe one or two other Bond films, at least one other Bond film that could be in this range. But for me personally, this is the worst. Uh, Bond film. Um, I it's so bad. Um, I will say this though, it's one of the ones I've watched the most because I did not see this one in the theater. I think my first theater Bond was the next one, which is uh, uh, Timothy Dalton's first one, which Living Daylights. Uh, but I did see this. This per, this was eighty five, so it probably popped up like on HBO or whatever, like eighty six, and back and it was on all the time. And so I was like, and I was like ten. So I mean, obviously I was watching this like constantly because it was Bond, it was on, and so I've, I've I can't even tell you how many times I saw this movie as a kid. Uh, it's kind of like I think when we talked about Superman three. I mentioned that you know thing where I hate this movie, but I've seen it like ninety times. <laughs> um, so I almost could have sent this without even watching it. Like I know every beat in it. Now I haven't watched it that much as an adult because I don't think it's good. Um, and I will talk about this a little bit in keeping tabs. Uh, just about some of the stuff about the movie, but you know, it's just uh, Roger Moore is is uh, like I don't even know it's so much that he's too old for this role because I don't think Daniel Craig Daniel Craig's like in his fifties I think and and we really have no problem buying him in the role, but it was I think it's just the way the movie is centered around him like the the stuff that they're having him do in this movie like it just doesn't work and like I don't know the movie needed to be. I don't I don't want to be like ageist or anything. I'm not trying to be that way. And even Roger Moore himself says it's ridiculous that he was doing these things, that the movie was centered around this mm-hmm. stuff. But like he's this is like the like the horniest Bond movie, probably like he's having so much sex in this movie. Like uh, there's one scene where we made the comment that this is the Bond where he geriatrically fucks his way through the film. Um, that, that actually came from Barrett. I don't know if he's still in the chat, but like Barrett and Ian and I were having some really fun discussions about the movie on the Slack channel that, you know, we were doing the script and everything on. 
and uh, Barrett made some comp random comment like he really fucks his way through this movie, doesn't he? And I thought that was brilliant. So I, I worded that, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. put that into a sin. But it's just, I don't know. It's just such a, it's such a weird movie. And it's like, it's like also one of those things where I feel like it thinks it's giving you like everything that people want in a Bond movie, but at the same time doesn't really know what everybody wants in a Bond movie. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it's just the only, sa- and I, this is maybe puns kind of intended. The only saving grace about this movie is Grace Jones. Grace Jones is a lot of fun and uh, is kind of in that tradition of side of Bond of villain sidekicks that are more interesting than the villain, which happens a lot in Bond mm-hmm. movies. Um, she's great. I love her, and I have I swear to God, like I've never. I mean, I I know people have different opinions on what fit is, so I don't know what the correct term for is, but I have never seen a human like that tone or that fit, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call that. Like she is ridiculous. Like. Like what's her? What which character was it? She was the bad guy's like partner. She was the the sidekick to the bad guy. Oh she yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's uh, amazing, Mayday. right? Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. God, I love we even her. have that sin where we you know keep referring to the, her ass. <laughs> it ends with butt cheeks Mulligan. That was a weird thing that popped in my head, and I'm I was glad that Barrett and Ian let me keep it in. Um, <laughs> But I mean, she's just she's just ridiculous, and uh, but she's so good in the movie. But everything else about this movie is terrible. Um, some things that I loved. It, it, this was so much fun. Ian and I had a lot of fun writing this. Uh, I loved Ian's comment about being a helicopter in a Bond film is like being the Titanic. And yeah. well, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So the other thing so funny about this movie, the stunt doubles. I mean, they're not even trying. Like there's like ten shots of people that look nothing like Roger Moore, and we had several sins about this. But the best one, and this is why we kept it, was I know this was Roger Moore's final outing as Bond, but is it not customary to wait until the end of the movie to recast the character? <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, and then uh, the one where uh, Christopher Walken like is like, "Let me show you this," and he throws uh, he throws these microchips on this table, and then it like goes it yeah, opens up. Yeah, what was up. that? What was <laughs> then, that? I don't know. It, it oh, was okay. just it was weird. Oh, he I was see. showing him he was showing him his plans to destroy uh, Silicon Valley, but oh, the fact I that see. he threw the microchips on there and that's what activated it. So then the sin was, as my uncle Tommy used to always say, "Why press a button when a jar of microchips will do the job?" <laughs> And then the last thing I'll mention is there's a line in the movie where it's lots of seepage could flood any minute. And the sin is this was the seventh most common excuse. My college girlfriend used to avoid having sex with me. I read that because Ian wrote that. And I just remember going, oh, my God, that's hilarious. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) so Uh Uh it was an ah, ooh, exactly. It was a real life. ah, Something about seepage just. It's great. It's yeah. a great term. Just the word term. seepage. Yep. Which probably happens when you work out in a thong. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> you never know. You never if it know. did happen, you'd have a hard time covering it up. Certainly doesn't help hold it in yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of absorption power in these minimal fabric that is a thong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I will say I am disappointed that I'm not quite to this movie um, because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Uh, I am. Wait, t- hold on a second. Where is it in you're your list? You're close, though, right? You're yeah, like, you're... I'm going chronologically, and I'm in like 83 right now, maybe 84. Oh, and so it's, it's coming okay. right have up. You watched, was... Have you watched Octopussy? Yes. I just. So this I is just, your next one. Yes. I just finished a movie that, yes, actual title, 
Octopussy uh, is the actual title of the movie. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, it's great. So, so it's yes. And I just, I am astonished at how bad these Roger Moore movies are getting. Like, <laughs> what's interesting though, can I make a comment though? Because, like, once again, I just need to do a bomb podcast. But uh, yes, Roger yes, you Moore. Do. <laughs> I Roger Moore like is my wife's favorite Bond. I I get why Roger Moore is some people's favorite sure, Bond though of course, because yeah. he is like he is really like like Connery was very like Connery is like really dark. Like when you start thinking about it, like Connery is really dark and even darker than Craig because mm-hmm. at least Craig seems to have sympathy. Like his Bond has sympathy. Right. Like Connery's Bond was just like I'm doing this job. I'm gonna have sex with these women and then I'm moving on. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what happened. I don't care about anybody. I'm just doing right. That. Roger Moore was kind of more like what the what the Bond uh, Bond ripoffs kind of were more like. Where mm-hmm. Roger Moore's kind of like debonair. He's got like flair and he's got like a sense of humor about him. Uh, as Ricardo Montalban would say, he's muy machado. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, and I think Roger Moore, the actor, I think definitely had a sense of humor about the entire experience. So like I think there is something there. But but you're right, like. Outside, the Spy Who Loved Me actually is my favorite Bond movie, but I think that's the only one of his that really, really works. Like I, the other ones have moments, but it's crazy. Like he doesn't have like really more than one great one. I know I'm, I'm probably people are going to disagree with me on that. I know people love Live and Let Die. Some people love For Your Eyes Only, uh, but it's really just The Spy Who Loved Me for me. That's yeah. the only one of his that I'm just like that's really good. Everything else, I'm just kind of like. Eh. You know, or it's awful, like View to a Kill. Yeah. Yeah, so I haven't gotten to this one, so I don't have any uh, thoughts on it, but it, it does appear to be continuing Moore's... Um, decline is probably too judgmental of a word, but uh, his... Um, He'd agree with you. His <laughs> movement, let's just say, towards the ridiculous. And yeah. uh, they it, it's so funny because they become self-parodying and then they go beyond self-parody into actually actual parody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the difference necessarily, but there's this this line that gets crossed where it's just like, oh, you you're just you're you're trying to be, uh, you know, uh, they, make fun of yourself. Um, so. They definitely don't care. Like right. they yeah, do yeah. not give absolutely. a shit about absolutely. what you think. They're just doing their thing, and it's just it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, so um, excited that this one is next on my list. Um, so I loved the sin that was like, that's an odd way of saying F you, I'll dress how I want. Um, <laughs> I like that one that too. One, that one was great. Uh, yeah, Ian's really doing a good job of taking on the... Like, don't tell the, him that. Uh, <laughs> too late, too late. It's public now. Uh, the the uh, I don't know, like the, the treatment of, of women in these movies. Like, yeah. He's really getting some good stuff in there, so... Uh, ah, yes, the famous, as the famous poem goes, roses are red, let me seduce you. My name is James Bond. You're a communist, aren't you? <laughs> Great. Uh, the shout out to Luxo Jr., of course, I have to mention. Do you um, remember me asking you I that do question remember, that yeah. day? That's exactly why I was Jonathan asking Jonathan just messages question. me out of the blue one day. <laughs> oh, hey, no. hey, is the kid lamp in the Pixar thing called Luxo Jr.? And then, of course, I give like a paragraph dissertation on the difference between Luxo <laughs> Sr. and Luxo Jr. You could have just said yes. <laughs> I did, actually. What did you say? No, no, no. I did no, actually. No, no, he just, he just I did gave just me the... Yes. And, yeah, then, after I, and yes. then after I said yes, I gave a little more he, detail. He explained there was also an adult lamp, and mm-hmm. that was Luxo Senior. So. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, the the title of the short that it comes from is Luxo Junior, and it's an adult mm-hmm. lamp teaching his child lamp to play with a ball. So, the lamp. 
to lamp which is actually ironically nothing to do with lamps don't play with balls so it's no I don't know what you call this kind of sin, though, because I will comment on that sin. It's because it's one of those things where it's just the situation. It's because I'm trying to think of what we were. Oh, we were setting the fact that he found like this plan that he needed. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was just all this ridiculous stuff. And you're just complaining about that. But I felt like I, I didn't even know where to go with it. And so sometimes you just like I, I love doing that. And we do this in other. I mean, this is, I'm not the only one that's done this. I don't know what you would call this kind of sin. But it's like you're just going off about how stupid this thing is. And you're like, oh, my God, is that something? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you would call that type of sin. Aaron will have to come up with a name. It's a, for that. It's a, it's a <laughs> distraction. Eureka moment or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a different one. But yeah, <laughs> there's a, this. This would be the distraction sin. You know where yeah, the narrator there you go. gets distraction distract, distracted by something else. Um, and then the only other one I wanted to mention was man don't need map. Man have fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh quite a bit. I like that one too. Danae, what about you? Oh my god, Bond. Mm-hmm. I have such little experience with Bond movies in general. So this is going to be a recurring theme in the podcast. I will not go into it every single episode, but here we are at the very beginning. Listen, I don't understand the appeal. I don't understand why, except for maybe spies are cool. Spies are cool. Yeah. I it's mean, gadgets and... I like spy stuff, man. I mean, like, it's a, is it... No, I'm is not it, offended. You're not going to offend me. I, I mean, I get it. Oh, Jonathan, I'm not worried about offending you. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, it's it's more like, I guess... I never got into, I never had anyone watching Bond, you know, even around me. So I am, I just spent the last few minutes trying to go through all of the Bond movies to figure out which was the first one I saw. I think it was Casino Royale. That's probably right. Yeah. And you're talking about like the Daniel Craig, like the more, the more recent one. Like there is this random Casino Royale movie movies on this website. So I don't know. Um, and then I was like, well, am I sure? So then I started looking at screenshots from the movie. And if I'm right, this one has a torture scene where the poor man gets his balls whacked a few times. That's yeah. That's Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I thought you meant so Vito a kill. Like, no, that didn't happen to so, Vito no. <laughs> no, that's, that's no. Casino Royale. Yeah, the Oof. chair with the, the place for the, the genitals so, to hang through so that you can thwack them. Mm-hmm. What a first one to watch. Yeah. You know? What an uncomfortable a, moment. Because here's the thing, it kind of reminds one, it kind of reminds me of when when Batman kind of went more exactly. serious. Yep, sure. And so you're watching Dark Knight Rises, what is, whatever you think about that or not, we're not talking about that, but just the vibe of it turning from like this sort of fantasy entertainment sort of style of of storytelling into the gritty reality of what it would take to actually yeah. make a Batman. And so I feel like, and I could be wrong about this because I haven't watched any of the Bond movies, as I've already said, but it felt like me starting with Casino Royale was that switch over into this storytelling style that sort of began to be popular of the grittier backstory of what it would actually be like. No, to... you nailed it. You yeah. absolutely oh, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly because that's what happened. With, uh, I think you can go back to like Brian Singer's X-Men movie and there's a scene in there where Wolverine's or where he makes fun of their outfits and then one of them says, well, at least we don't wear yellow. And it's like from that moment, you can kind of feel this shift where directors are willing to do comic book movies but they're gonna do them like seriously you know and uh, what would it take yeah yeah and we're kind of getting back into the more not silly that's not a good word but we are getting back into more of a lighthearted comic book Mm -hmm. more of a comic book type thing not as dark and serious but you definitely felt that with the bond movies they were trying to figure out a way to bring bond back to you know 
Pierce Brosnan was definitely that more like a Roger Moore type Bond. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're trying to figure out a way to bring Bond back. So they decide, well, people like gritty now. So we're going to go super gritty. You know, I think the Casino Royale opens with him getting his double O's, double Mm -hmm. zeros, right? He kills two people and gets his gets his double zeros if you even knew that's what that meant that's what that means uh, i thought you meant yeah, the you torture get... scene was when he got his double zeros no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you get you that means he got his his first two kills and then yeah. he got to be yeah. but i will say the things that i find when most people that complain about bond that that bring up the stuff like the treatment of women and uh the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of it and stuff like that all mm-hmm. valid complaints but what i do find is that a lot of those a lot of those come from the worst movies in the franchise and that so those are the things that get kind of brought to the top. I mean, there are many different types of like films within this franchise, and um, I think the I think there's know, a storyline that people find interesting, which is you know the mysterious spy and the delightfully curvy woman, and there is a there is a theme that's probably present in almost like in most media. And it is something to be aware of. And watching you know watching it uh-huh. be so. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, this was filmed in an era where it was almost not even thought about like, oh, you know, a woman is an accessory and she's not really a person. She's an accessory. She's an accessory to the story. She's an accessory to the man's arm. She's an accessory that's, you know, expendable. Um, and I hate that uh, because I didn't even realize how much it influenced, you know, me as a woman or influenced just culture. It's kind of it's just something that's always been. So going back to these older films is really interesting. So of course I loved the sins in the video where they point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, other sins that I really enjoyed was just like when Bond is going up the stairs and he gets caught up with a fishing rod and tackle and just the way that it's like, yes, dear audience, <laughs> what you just witnessed was the incomparable James Bond licensed to kill the greatest spy in history bested by a fishing rod and tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love like the moment in the car when they're reacting to whatever they were listening to on the radio, I think it was like some spy stuff that was in the cars. But then we dubbed over with Seinfeld just to kind of show how goofy that really mm. was. And yeah, that was I, fun. I'm glad that worked. I like it when we play with them, almost like an outtake in the video mm-hmm. itself. Yep. Because well, and they were even in a car. Like that looked like a scene from Seinfeld. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it was just, it was, it was crazy how that lined up. Yep. Um, also, in, in movies like this where there's so much convenient spy stuff happening around mm-hmm. you when they open the file and pull out the map and it's like the first random file Bond looks in, uh, looks in produces the important piece of paper that they need. He really is a super spy. <laughs> Just how the narration can deliver those sarcasm enough to point out that that itself is a sin, which... A testament again to just how Jeremy is able to read these scripts and deliver the intent. Now, of course, we give notes and things like that, but it's still it was such a fast paced moment where you're making fun of the movie for doing something by pointing it out so obviously. Um, But my favorite one was the final one when they're in the shower and it looks like they're just kind of ducking down. And the sin is just like, are they going to lay down in a shower <laughs> that was the final sin of the so video well, it was so weird they just start going down and i'm just like sitting there watching they going, wait, what are they wait what are they doing it's dangerous like, go to the bedroom yep oh my god good stuff but anyways yeah. uh you know all right let's move into hitman's wife's bodyguard this is of course is the sequel to the hitman's bodyguard yeah. 
So we can see with Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard that stuff as, you know, the treatment of women in these action spy movies is <laughs> elevated. Elevated so I much mean, over the years. You know, it's not it's not that movie's not just an hour and a half of Salma Hayek's boobs. <sighs> it's yeah. oh more gosh. to it than that. Yeah. I think I mean, the, the yeah. difference that they would probably say is that she has agency of like her character is the one driving a lot of that conversation. I'm just uh, making so. a joke. No, I know. I know. But I'm no, just answering good, the people. I'm answering the people who out. would have that, you know, comment back. Just, yes, we know. We know. But, you know, Jonathan's just uh, being silly. And truly, we still have a ways to go with how we and treat women in culture. she is 100% the best thing about this movie. And she's, maybe she's the only good thing about this movie. <laughs> uh, Daniel Salma? and I yeah. wrote... Sal- Salma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salma. Uh, Daniel and I wrote on this one. Uh, let's hear from Daniel first. He said, I enjoyed this film a lot more than I expected. I thought it was fun, had decent pacing, and contained some pretty good fight scenes for an action comedy. The story itself wasn't particularly interesting. I found myself more interested in the characters than what they were doing, but the movie from the beginning doesn't seem to take itself seriously at all, so I felt like I shouldn't take it seriously either. To me, the whole thing played out with a sort of cartoon logic and was carried mainly by the performances. And by performances, I mean saying fuck a billion times. (laughs) However, I didn't watch the first movie, so I can't say whether or not it was a good sequel. Uh, The writing process. While writing this one, I spent a lot of time trying to find information on data junctions because the main villain's plan seemed so ridiculous. I was hoping to find some good material there. And after about half an hour of Googling things like tungsten carbide (laughs) and European data grind, (laughs) I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to end up on the list. So I just wrote that into the script. (laughs) My sin shout out for this one. I thought Aaron crafted a really solid pandentics in here. The sin is that's not an A word. That's an re, that's not an A word. Wait, oh, award. A, award. That's an as a reward. Awards are given as recognition in a field of possible winners, and rewards are given as a direct one-on-one compensation for given action. Yes, it's a slight pedantic language difference, but slight pedantic language differences are my specialty. <laughs> So those are Daniel's thoughts on this one. Yeah, that was a fun one. I I love, uh, you know me, uh, I love how words mean specific things. And I think people do interchange award and reward. And they are different words with, you know, different specific meanings. So I love when the narrator can uh, be that guy, you know, because I am that guy. And I know it's annoying to people. And so I try to hide it, but I am that guy for sure. Or you just blow it out because that can be part of the annoying part of the narrator. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You take it and you You make it. kind of amp it up. Amp it up. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I also kind of enjoyed this movie, but I know so much of that is how much I like Ryan Reynolds and how much I just want to hang out with him all the time and just think he's really, really funny. Um, So I had a good time with him and Samuel L. Jackson and Selma Hayek. I think they're great together. Uh, there is a sin in there about how good they are together in the aspect of they didn't even have to write a, a story, which there's hardly any coherent story in this movie. They basically just told them, hey, hang out and say funny things to each other. And for some of that, this movie, that was enough for me. I think the first movie is better than this movie um, on almost all accounts. Oh, yeah. Um, but this movie was still fun enough for me to come away going, oh, that was fun. Uh, it's It's probably a terrible movie. Like on a like like if you like break it down into segments and go, 
you know, dialogue, writing, you know, it's just like, no, there's a lot of terrible stuff here. I just hate this here, distinction, but... though. Like, if you sure. like the movie, it's a good movie to you. Yes, I, I don't exactly. Know why you have no, to, I agree. I don't know why you have to say, oh, but it's a terrible movie. I'm just, no, I don't know. I don't understand that. You you say I, whatever you want. You feel whatever you want to feel, Aaron. I thank just, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I just, um. I, I got to say, that's a, that's a movie... And you are more of a you. You actually are a critic, so I mean, I think you're thinking yeah. it more with a critic's brain, and Correct. I get that. I appreciate that, but I just I don't know. It's like it's like if you like a movie, you like a movie. Yeah, totally. And um and yeah, usually when I say something like that, it's um it's more to give people permission to like things that aren't the typical version of what people consider good or bad when it comes to filmmaking. Like oh, I, I hate I'm, that conversation too. I'm God, I'm, I'm just but, kidding. <laughs> Well, that's that's what I'm saying is I'm giving people permission not to have to go into that place, but just to go, oh, I had a yeah. good time with this. It's it's OK, even though some people would say, you know, this kind of thing. Um, but yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah, I also wanted to mention aside from the award and rewards and which I did have mentioned the uh, <laughs> the the ones um, that Daniel wrote that I really wanted to pull out were his movie has time for this with the oh my scenes God. Mm-hmm, in between mm-hmm. the words. So good. Was so was great. great. I loved it, that. <laughs> and um and then it was it was like it, the, and the, to the end on what you ended on, <laughs> like <Yeah>. that line. <laughs> my pussy and pipe. Like, what was that? I think like because <laughs> that that word just always Bob, the p word just always kind of like i just always go you, you have you a know, mental just, cringe that, with it yeah oh, yeah man. but but i think salma hayek is the only person you can say that <laughs> it's, it, well, it's, it's, also, it's genuinely funny they were all so funny like each sign it was like we have fucked so hard and uh-huh. then it was <laughs> yeah. between movie and has you know to play all these different things and it was like my Diamante. my, my diamante is too tight and then the whiny sperm and then i'm just like what is happening right now? <laughs> well, this but then is... in between it all, this movie has time. So anyone who oh, because you haven't who's seen a... the movie. No, I haven't yeah, seen the movie. Yeah. So I'm just like I, I, like it was just like getting slapped around with the only comfort of knowing that the sin was movie has time for this. So that was my anchor. Was I know what's <laughs> happening here, but the the dialogue around it was just being ping ponged around. It the, was delightful. We we send the movie for it, uh, but but part of the flaw in the dialogue is the fact that the Salma Hayek character, her primary uh, characteristic is that she has a potty mouth, like that she will say, yeah. you know, everything, anything, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, I can tell. <laughs> uh, that was that. And then I also liked uh, the running Boston people. Uh, Boston is annoying joke. That was and great. Then, and then the narrator each time saying. Um, I said what I said. Uh, I just, I just thought that was. Funny. I had that written down. That Defen- was really funny. Defensive narrator. Uh, Frank Grillo's me. accent is so bad. It's, it's something, man. And I don't like. I, I meant to look up to see where he's from because I have no idea. But like, I've never heard him talk like that before in a movie, and he's just. Yeah. It's It's oh, it's bad. Uh, Danae, continue us on. What were some of your other thoughts? Um. Well, as is obvious, just like every week, not a surprise. I haven't seen this movie. Um, so this feels like such a Danae movie. I'm just, I'm <laughs> actually, I mean, she might enjoy parts of this. Actually, there were she parts might, yeah. of it that were intriguing to me. I think it was part of just the sarcastic dialogue mm-hmm. maybe. And, um, just some of the, the humor and pacing, how it just seemed to be more about like what Daniel was saying, more about mm-hmm. the character development than, than this ridiculous plot. And it's not whatever taking that itself might be. that seriously. So like the violence and stuff almost just feels cartoonish. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's Which is another reason that I might be willing to kind of jump yeah. into it and i also like ryan reynolds a lot mm-hmm. he's just one of those actors that there's something about his delivery um 
his earnest humor. I don't know how else to put it. That's no, a good way to he's, put it. He's intentional about how he delivers the the humor of what he's what he's doing. He's just a really interesting actor to watch. So I feel like he plays similar characters. He has that sarcastic, self-aware personality in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I find, I don't know, watching him is kind of like, I don't know, I kind of like look up to that <laughs> in Me a too. really weird way. Yeah, absolutely. Do you? Okay. Yeah. You guys um, could be like brother and sister, and but be really, that's right. really inappropriate together. with each other. <laughs> okay. I just think it's, I, it's the same thing that attracts... <laughs> I don't know. Ryan Reynolds I was trying is, to make a Folgers I, I got it. Yeah. Super got it. Ryan Reynolds is... Uh, he's so good at that. It's the same thing that attracts me to the humor of the CinemaSins videos. It's that dry, yeah. sarcastic... Like, he would be an incredible like narrator for CinemaSins videos. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like he kind of gets that, it. It's that, and people would still complain it wasn't Jeremy. <laughs> that's yes. true. That's true. I think I call it... I think in the script I even called it Deadpoolian. You know, like, there's yes. there's this idea that he's just so good at this. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that it wasn't just the callback in the... Um, I'm using the word callback, but that's kind of not maybe even accurate. But in the uh, movie has time for this where, you know, you're referencing other parts of the movie and you're kind of bringing them into the forefront of the sin and showing them, you know, he survives this and this and this. There were a lot of those callbacks in this script that kind of pointed out other scenes. Mm -hmm. And I really the amount of work that goes into that and to remember those places as you're sinning something to be able to call back and and write down timestamps for uh moments that qualify your sin it just adds a dimension to the script for me i, I really loved the script i had a lot of fun watching mm-hmm. this one mm-hmm. um there was one too that i really enjoyed for florence usually the sin would be not to be confused with florence you know wherever but it was florence in the machines <laughs> <laughs> i really appreciated that one <laughs> um the um there was one uh let's see it was oh uh i think this was a daniel one again we're learning what daniel's sin vibes are but there was mm-hmm. one that was like this sort of um speech where uh oh you're talking about the matthew mcconaughey yes like, delivery was that thing? daniel yeah oh yeah oh yeah okay. that's daniel all it's the way so yeah. daniel he has he is developing this like this sense to what he brings to a script and i fucking love it so much mm-hmm. the um so the lead-in is, I guess, towards the end of the movie. And again, I have no context for what the fuck is happening in this movie. But there's a guy on a tilt-a-whirl or something. And yeah. he's having popcorn. The and something, is the, the name of the yeah, Something is about to happen to him. And I don't know what it is because the narrator just sort of sidesteps reality and begins to go into this. Is it called a diatribe? No, a diatribe would be more angry. This is more like a philo- philosophical, philosophical musing. Musing, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, and it's in it, the and it's like it's just this kind of moment where the narrator separates from reality and and sort of goes into this this uh, this speech. And I'm all into it. Uh, and I had to go to the script, and the narration prompt was from Daniel. While writing, I had a bit of um, Matthew McConaughey in Russ Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matthew True McCon- Russ Cole from True Detective in my head. Yeah. Again, not a surprise to anyone listening. I don't know what the fuck this reference is or what the movie is or what moment it is, but I was into it and it was so fun and just such a break from the script and break from that pacing. 
which is a tricky thing to do sometimes mm-hmm. when you've got these fast paced sins coming at you to kind of like break that. It's a brave thing to try. And I think it worked really well. I, um, I, before you move on, I do want to say it, it was I had a sin I really liked there, but it was not as good as that one. And that is one of my favorite things is when you have to cut like your own stuff that you like because somebody has somebody like, else wrote it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, or like, not even better. Just different. just a different thing. You know, yeah. Mine was more like about I, because the, the comment in the movie is who knows why this overweight man decided to ride the paratrooper that day or something like that. And then mine was more like, yeah, F that guy, you know, because he wanted to ride rides and he's overweight or, you know, something like that. Like, you know, yeah, the overweight should never ride a ride because, you know, but anyways, um, but his was just so much better. So I I will also say, Danae, if you want to know what True Detective is about or anyone out there listening wants to know, we did do a TV Sins video of the True Detective (laughs) pilot. We did. And uh, you could look that up on YouTube. If you type in TV (laughs) Sins, True Detective, that'll probably come up. And I'm trying to advertise for us today. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. Um, And then the last one that I wrote down was the uh, kiss, the kiss might like the it, the lead in is kiss my and he shoots mm-hmm. that butt. Mm-hmm. So the it's kiss my ass is supposed to be what it is. And one of the assassins says this like kiss my ass and he shoots the butt of a statue and the bullet ricochets and kills the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sin is just, well, that was just dumb on multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> just the simplicity of it yeah. killed me. Yeah. What about you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, I enjoyed the first movie for the most part. Um, I, I think it's pretty good. It's really fun. We, I mean, we talked about it, I guess. I guess we send that right before this came out, right? Back in the, over the summer, I guess was when we yeah, sent the, so. the first one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we talked about that one on here. So if you want to go back and listen to Behind the Sins uh, and see what's it. But I, no, I enjoyed it. Um, this one though, no, I did not like this at all. Um, I, and I, it's almost like. Like if the first movie made really bad, like made all the wrong decisions like that. And I think the first one is very much on that edge of being like too annoying, but it doesn't quite cross it. And I think this one just just like dives in. It's just Mm -hmm. like, here we go. Uh, I don't know if the, and Ryan Reynolds, I do love Ryan Reynolds, but I do think that in some situations he's just too much. Like, I, and I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Like Hobbs and Shaw would be like my low end Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. If if you want to, if you want like a, like free guy or maybe the first Deadpool would be like the high end. And then like Hobbs and Shaw would be like the low end. I think this is closer <laughs> to Hobbs and Shaw. I like Hobbs and Shaw. I'm talking about Ryan Reynolds in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I get Th- you. This is closer to Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs and Shaw than it is, you know, like whatever. You, like Free Guys, and that's a recent example, but he's like used perfectly in that movie. Mm-hmm. Here, I just thought he was a little, he, he became a little annoying. It's like Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop versus Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop 2, if anybody gets that. I, I don't know how else to explain it. But um, I didn't really like Samuel Jackson in the first one. I think he's more annoying in this one. Uh, I think Salma Hayek's kind of fun, but at times she's basically just kind of yelling. And so sometimes that got a little old. Uh, this movie does the most un- craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, and it has a terrible Morgan Freeman performance. I didn't even know like that was a thing that existed uh and until i watched this movie i also thought it was funny antonio banderas is kind of fun but uh what was interesting to me was that almost felt like a almost like a dr evil kind of thing or something like that he felt kind of like a like a bond villain and a bond parody 
Um, mm-hmm. And I and I think that's another thing about this movie. I, I got confused. Like it, it, it kind of feels like it wants to be a parody at sometimes, but it's not really one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, it's the it's the Drake of action comedies. Um, go back and listen. Thirty minutes ago, so I did not I did not like this movie at all. I just watched it this week, by the way, too. I just I, I had enough interest in it that I wanted to watch it before I watched the video. So I watched it a couple days ago. Uh, I love the video. Uh, you guys have already mentioned a lot of the stuff, but I did enjoy sitting at the beach in full length khakis and a long sleeve button up shirt because when I was watching the movie, I remember thinking, why is he dressed that way? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. Uh, you already mentioned the Boston stuff. I loved how irritated the narrator got about what they called a freckle. <laughs> yes. It was, oh, yeah. That was so fun. have you ever seen a freckle, a rash maybe, or a spider bite, but a freckle? Get the fuck out of here with that freckle shit. I thought that was brilliant. So there you go. Oh, thanks. I channeled my, uh, I, I channeled my inner uh, Sam Jackson uh, when writing that one. Um, so, yeah. I can't explain. I like Jackson, but I, I did not like him. And the, the, he was one of the negatives for me in the first one. And then he's just even, oh, God, I don't know. I can't yeah. explain it. Yeah. But. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. Uh, we're each going to talk about some stuff from the process of writing this week. Um, yeah, what do you guys got? Jonathan, why don't you go first? What's uh, what's something you want to talk about? 
I just I just looked up some stuff about a view to a kill when I was uh, when I was working on the script. I had remembered something about Roger Moore had said stuff about making the movie and how he started kind of realizing that he was maybe a little too old for this or, you know, uh, at least the way they were going with it. And the, the there's a sin we even put that, you know, not only is Roger Moore older than Tanya Roberts, but he's older than Tanya Roberts mom. Um, you know, at the time they were filming this. And then so I, I, I double checked that that actually happened before. And there was a thing where uh, Roger Moore uh, once stated in an interview, I was only about 400 years too old for this part, <laughs> which I don't agree with that. Uh, but uh, he he said he was mortified to find out he was older than Tanya Roberts' mom. Uh, he met her on set and mm-hmm. was just like, oh, this is not right. And then um, he also didn't enjoy that this one seemed to be more concentrated on like blood and guts. Uh, there's a scene in this movie where Christopher Walken, who plays the villain, we didn't even talk about Christopher Walken. Uh, he plays the villain uh, Zorn, and um, he just starts mowing down people. Like he just starts, like he just has an automatic mm-hmm. weapon, and he just starts shooting everybody. And Moore just said that that scene was just that did that didn't feel like it came out of a Bond film. And I agree with that because there's not really a scene like that in a Bond film before or after. Uh, that felt more in line with what was going on, like with Stallone and Schwarzenegger and stuff at the time. In fact, Rambo First Blood Part Two is what it opened up against. Uh, and then just a few other things. I thought it was interesting. It's Roger Moore's final appearance, uh, but it was also his seventh uh, Bond film, which as of today, that is the most. Now, technically, Connery is in seven, but one of them is not really in the franchise. Yeah, it's like not the, an official the franchise one, proper. Yeah. It's outside of it. So, uh, But he did six, if you don't count that one. Uh, Craig will be in his fifth coming up this year. And that seems to be like, that's going to be his last one. Uh, and then Brosnan did four, Dalton did two and Lazenby did one. Uh, there was a James Bond television series, which I didn't know about this. It was being put together in the late fifties. Uh, view to a kill was one of the episodes that was written for that. Cause view to a kill is a short story that Ian Fleming wrote. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, there was a plot thread in the original script where Zorin, uh, the villain was going to manipulate Haley's comet to go towards Silicon Valley to crash into Silicon Valley. As God, you do. I wish. God, I wish they had done that. Like, <laughs> why didn't they do that? I mean, this movie is so insane, anyways. Like, right. why wouldn't they just go ahead and yeah. just fucking do it? Just fucking do it. David Bowie was originally cast as the villain. I'm in what. <laughs> yeah, David Bowie was originally cast as the villain. He decided not. He agreed to do it, and then he decided not to. I don't know why. Uh, <sighs> Sting was offered the role, and he turned it down, and then mm. they went to Christopher Walken, which Sting had just been in uh, Dune the year before. So, and David Bowie had already done a few like films and stuff at that time, so that wasn't like unheard of. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was dating Grace Jones at the time. That we make a comment about discount Dolph Lundgren, and then the holy shit, because it really is Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Dolph Lundgren was dating Grace Jones at the time. He visited mm-hmm. her on set, and so they decided to throw him in the movie because why not? Um, and then, and then it actually, even though it's, it's derided by almost all Bond films, many fans, many people put it at the worst. It got terrible reviews when it came out. Uh, it actually had the largest opening of any Bond film at the time. Uh, and it ended up being a really, a pretty big hit, uh, overall. It's one of the more profitable, uh, Bond films, uh, you know, so that's interesting. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that was just some stuff I found out about it that I thought was kind of cool. And I used a few of those things uh, in my setting. So. Today, what about you? What, how do you want to take us behind your process this week? Uh, 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 
Um, so I knew I wanted to send something random that a kid would say for the music video sin uh, for the series of things that a, a, mm-hmm. a kid would say. And so as someone who thinks random thoughts regularly, I had a couple of good ideas, um, but I wanted to say something random about a, a creature of some kind. And so I just searched that. I just did a quick like random fact about a frog. And so I went with that frogs absorb water through their skin, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot of other interesting facts about frogs. Um, a group of frogs is called an army. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, they are found all over the world, guys. Everywhere there are frogs. Um, the largest species is called the Goliath frog. I think it's huge. And they have, yeah, they're massive. How big is it? Oh, let me let me go look. It's about uh, as big as a small dog. Like they're, they're oh, they are, I think yeah. I think they are. That's huge. 32 centimeters. That's big. I mean, for a frog, that's big. Mm-hmm. Let's see. That's a foot, over a foot long. Yeah. <laughs> um, And they have, they're huge. Like if you look up Goliath frog, they're, yeah, they're like a small dog. Or, mm-hmm. How big or is the Chloe a big cat. You don't want to know. That's the thing that you don't want to know about the Goliath frog. Um, Frog's eyes and nose are on the top of their head. Not a surprise, but there are over 5,000 species and um they can jump sometimes up to 30 meters for like i mean not 30 meters the equivalent of 30 meters to human. human they can like yeah. 20 times their own body length wow so however big they are they can jump 20 times that which is insane mm-hmm. um some frogs have teeth which is terrifying to think mm-hmm. about and yeah so there's just a lot of things i could have pulled from and i got lost in frog facts nice. which was sort of a delight but I also just real quickly wanted to say that while bored during the show, as you all know, I do get bored and I stop paying attention sometimes. I'm sorry. It's just part of no, who I'm I am. No, I'm boring. It's fine. You are. Um, I'm just kidding. That was that was joke. <laughs> wow. It's like, uh, it's like rip on Jonathan Day on the podcast today. Is it? Have fine. we? I didn't think we were. Were we ripping on Jonathan? Oh, I just oh. said something earlier as a as oh, a did? joke as well. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wasn't listening because I was looking more into that Folgers brother sister <laughs> thing that you mentioned earlier. I went to Vanity Fair because I couldn't wait. So I'm going to save everybody the trouble of looking this up and just quickly say that this article doesn't really share too much. It's a little bit clickbaity in that they kind of rehash what we already know about the commercial. And essentially, they just talk a little bit about the actor who was in it who um, his name is Alan. And so it does talk a little bit about the origin, which is essentially that the Folgers people, somebody on the team had had someone that went into the Peace Corps. And that was kind of the idea is that they came back from a really long time away in the Peace Corps or something similar to that. Um, So, uh, but Alan didn't realize how it was going to be received and so he would get messages from his buddies as it'll kind of come and have these resurgences of interest. Hmm. Um, so he uh, he says that he would do it again and he hasn't spoken to his co-star since filming. That's one of the questions is like, did y'all hook up? And his answer is like, no. Um, but he himself actually went on a volunteer <laughs> trip to uh, Greece to help with the Syrian refugees and he does love Folgers. And that's pretty much all you learn in this article. So well, you, you can skip it if you want what to. What a weird Not, question to ask somebody, though. So did you have sex with your co-star? They didn't ask that. They're uh, just like, ha- so have you talked to your co-star? But co-host? you know that happens. You yeah. know that happens. You know, you'll see, it'll be even like, it won't be that direct, but you'll see like uh, interviewers back in the day when they, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if they still show this stuff, but they used to show this stuff for the, you know, like the before the movie came out. 
And it'd be like, you know, did you guys have any chemistry off screen? You know, something like that. It's just yeah. like, why would you ask that? Yeah, pe- like, people are interested, um, whether yeah. they should be or not. The people Maybe are. I read the wrong article, Aaron. Did I miss something that you saw? Correct. Uh, oh, I've never oh, seen good. that Vanity Fair article. The GQ one was the one I recommended. Oh, um, so shit. at the risk at the risk of distracting Danae for the rest of the episode. Nope, I'm going to uh, go right now. <laughs> did you remember what it said? GQ. God, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah. Yes, the GQ one folders. was the one I found really funny uh, that you can check out. Um, I haven't seen the Vanity Fair one. GQ Gentleman uh, Quarterly. While you're looking that up, uh, a couple things from behind the scenes that I wanted to mention in my keeping tabs. Uh, Daniel and I on the um, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard script, he wrote a sin. There's a sin in there about the vape um, and, mm-hmm. you know, being compared Which to so biting an apple or whatever. Uh, Ian, uh, or not Ian, Daniel literally wrote a sin the exact words for a sin I wrote uh, several years ago for Baby Driver. Like, it was one of my first videos. And the sin in Baby Driver is um, vaping is the new biting the apple. And he literally wrote those exact words in his script Whoa. for this. And I was just like, how cool. Like, I love it when we have, like, crossover in scripts that's so identical. But crossover in scripts three years apart like that's something I've never experienced, and I wrote it back. I was like, "Dude, I wrote this exact sin three years ago." So we kind of, um, you know, mussed it around. But that's actually the third reference we've made to vaping being the new uh, eating the apple. The other one was in Extraction. There's a reference in the Extraction video. Um, uh, and by the way, I looked all this up because we can search through our scripts now. Um, but uh, that's in the descri- uh, Extraction video is the third. So this is definitely a concept we've played with. Uh, and I think it's true. I legit think people have characters vape, uh, you know, to show that they um, that they're jerks. Um, so that's I'm sorry. I was I was reading a GQ article. No, yeah, I don't blame I am you. Too. I don't blame I am you too. at all. I don't I'm, blame I'm you at all. at all. We did an audition together, but I remember both their performances being the best performances of the day. <laughs> Just keep keep going. I'll get to the good stuff. The other thing I wanted to mention on the the Monsters Inc. video, uh, originally the final joke was about the Capitol building. And when we were doing like the edit oh, and like yeah. all those kind of things and everything, it was uh, it just kind of hit me that we probably don't want to be making fun of the Capitol and politicians yeah. and that yeah. kind of stuff with everything that's happened this year. And so I did some extra research and basically just typed into Google, what is the evilest corporation? And it just looked, there's these articles on like a <laughs> list of the most evil corporations and Monsanto was at the top of like every single list for like some of their practices and the thing they I was basically like, I need something that is foolproof that I can put in here where nobody's going to be upset that we're kind of taking down this company. And so uh, in reading some of the comments afterwards, people are like, you know, yes, love the Monsanto, you know, dig what, that kind what of thing. What is that so. company again? Uh, they you know, make... Um... Uh, poison. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, directly yeah. sell it to children. I just had to, to be children. reminded. Um, I, no. I knew I knew it. Yeah. But. Uh, anyhow, I wanted to mention uh, mention that one as and well. And like three and like five-year-old kids are farming the poison for like 12 hours a day probably. Stuff like that. Yeah, just like just I guess real... we shouldn't like just make random comments about actual companies that could sue us. But Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's... Not that they listen. I'm sure Monsanto's higher-ups listen to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure thing. All right, let's move into the comment section. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. 
Let's talk about uh, some feedback from you that we have had this week. Uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, the I think it was Obina who said, um, I'm surprised this was in the Monsters, Inc. video. I'm surprised you didn't take a swing at the proper pronunciation of Skiponomikvrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdrdr
I love Malignant. <laughs> Malignant is a is a James Wan's newest movie. If for some reason you don't know what I'm talking about, um, it was released on HBO Max. Well, it'll be two weeks ago, I guess, when this podcast comes out. But as a recording, it was released a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already watched it twice and uh, liked it even more the second time. I I will say this about Malignant: it is a horror film. Uh, it's a James Wan horror film. Uh, it is his follow-up to Aquaman, which a lot of people have been making comments about, like, I guess this is what you get to do when your last movie made a billion dollars. <laughs> you just get, like, a blank check from the studios, and you get to go do whatever the hell you want. Uh, no, but I, I don't think this movie is going to be for everybody, and I don't necessarily know that people will get out of it what I got out of it. And I'm not saying that. I don't mean that pretentious at all. What I am saying is, I am a huge fan of European horror films and specifically European horror films from like the sixties and seventies, huge fan and in mm-hmm. eighties, uh, which includes like giallos among other things. Because one of the weirdest things about the commentary on this movie, like on social media is that people are complaining or are, are, are not complaining. People are arguing about the specific subgenres this movie fits in. I do not know why people give a shit about that. So the genre uh, police, it's a fun game for people. I don't even think, I don't even think genre is really much of a thing anymore. I, I got to be honest. That's a whole other thing. But mm-hmm. I think that at this point, you've got filmmakers that are influenced by filmmakers that are influenced by filmmakers. That You know what I'm saying? Like you're going back like seven or eight generations at least. I think genre is such a weird term now because mm-hmm. we don't have like we don't have like detective films and screwball comedies. Like everything is such a mishmash. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and but anyways, that's a whole other topic. But uh this one does a lot of uh there's so much uh like the style of the film uh like the way he uh uses lighting the way he uses colors uh even things like the characters like the the way the police detectives are portrayed uh the hairstyles on some of the characters there's like all this there's all this fine detail that i can tell watching it he is also a fan of a lot of these films that I'm a fan of. Uh, so for someone, you know, that's really cool for, you know, someone like me, they don't make movies like that anymore. So that alone was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I also like movies that just fucking go for it. And uh, I like that this movie is very like this kind of mood setting, slow burn horror film for probably an hour. And then when it lets loose, like it just fucking let's loose and it is insanity it, but like for me it was insanity in a good way uh i can totally understand why people wouldn't like this movie or it just wouldn't be for them i still think though even on a visual level even on just a director level like i think james wan is such a good filmmaker there are shots in this movie that like there's a shot that goes through it tracks through an attic and then it goes down through the ceiling uh into uh, a room and ends with probably one of the greatest like groups group screams I've ever seen. <laughs> it is just this amazing like uh it's almost like an amusement park ride like the way the way he does with it. And he's just playing around with so much. So I don't know. I just I just absolutely absolutely adored this movie. I don't want to talk too much about it cuz if you haven't seen it, I think I mean obviously going to any movie blind is probably the best way. But this is a movie that I think is very effective going in blind. I'm kind of sad I didn't see it like in a packed theater. I, I, I can't even imagine what that experience would have been like. Although I think a lot of people are probably going to not like it. So maybe it wouldn't have been very much fun. But uh, I adored this movie. One of my favorites of the year. Highest of recommends. Malignant. Nice. 2021 uh, HBO Max. 
I I watched this as well. Um, it's not a surprise that I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. I will, however, say you're not wrong about the visual stuff, about the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, James Wan is definitely very, very skilled. And he is doing all of these things that aren't necessarily hitting me right. He's doing them intentionally and with purpose because he knows how that hits somebody like you, you know, that, mm-hmm. that has all these references and, you know, loves these kind of horror movies. Um, you know, to me, the overall thing comes off a little bit goofy, but I think that's also intentional. Like there's, there's mm-hmm. a silliness mm-hmm. and a, mm-hmm. um, I agree. Um, you know, an over the topness to it that I think is that, that could be giddy, right? Like that kind of stuff can, can, it's similar to when I talked about Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, right? Like I like how silly mm-hmm. and over the top Ryan Reynolds is, you know, that's my, yeah. you know, kind of version of that in some ways. Um, so yeah, I completely get why people are losing their minds over this movie. It's not for me and that's okay. Um, you know, but, but. And yeah. I even would compare it like to me, it's a weird comparison because they're two very different directors, but to me, this kind of felt like what Quentin Tarantino does with his send ups and with his, homages like it kind of felt like that like there's that much detail yeah Yeah. like you know because tarantino i mean he always has so much detail in there whether you like it or not it's a whole other thing but there's just the details there and and i think juan is clearly like doing that and i think like i mean i don't i mean i think juan has made a lot of successful films but he definitely like i mean he was able to talk them into this after aquaman because i it's amazing that this movie ever got made i think you'd have to make a movie that made a billion dollars for the company to get them, <laughs> get them to let you do this. Tim Burton's Batman Returns, oddly enough, was is kind of a is kind of a comparison I was making too, because not that they're similar, but that's kind of the same thing. Like Batman Returns is one hundred percent Tim Burton doing what he wants to do, um, and I think you get the same thing here, which is always interesting to me. Doesn't he mean it's always a good movie? But in this case, I thought it was. So. There is a uh, there are two movies that came out last week or two weeks ago, as you're listening to this, yes. um, that I f- found myself comparing to De Palma, and I and I know. That, oh no, there's De Palma in this. Well, yes, and I know sure. that I see that more right now because I've watched so many of yeah. his movies recently, but. There, there are definite De Palma elements to this movie, and then the other case you wanted to know was The Voyeurs on uh, Amazon Prime. I have it's, not seen that yet, but somebody is, else told me this. It is so very De Palma. It's like erotic yeah. thriller, mega crazy twist. Like it's yeah, it's it's got a lot. And of And even De Palma if he's it. not, I think James Wan probably is doing De Palma directly. But even if he's not, De Palma, you had a lot of influence from these Euro. European sure. horror films yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that it makes total sense. No, yeah. there's definitely and another reason why I loved it because I love De Palma. Yeah. So. Malignant is one of those movies you want to describe to Danae just to see her reaction. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I, that I, I, crazy. I, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, the main description would be uh, a woman, uh, pe- uh, people start getting killed by an unseen killer mm-hmm. and, uh, Wait, are you describing it right now? I thought you were spoiler free. <laughs> well, this isn't really a spoiler. Just the main plot would be, you see this in the trailer. I like how but, you're like, I don't want anyone to know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to stop. But there's a there's but a killer. There's a killer and, and Jonathan, then there's a the connection just stop. To, just stop it. between the killer <laughs> and the it. main character. Jonathan, stop. I was like, too many, too many spoilers. Like, just quit I'm talking like, about this movie. Danae, why don't you go next? What do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about a podcast. Um, but it's an interesting podcast because it's not even being produced anymore because one of the people stepped away after some dramas. Yeah, so there was I, a little it, bit of drama with, with Reply All. It's a little bit of a wreck of warn, I suppose. But there's this one particular episode that stuck in my brain for a long time. And on a road trip that Aaron and I took from Missouri to Nashville to see the rest of the team, 
mm-hmm. um, I we found this episode and listened to it. Aaron, what did you think about the it's episode? It's amazing. It is an amazing okay, okay. piece of like audio um, storytelling. It is it it's, is really good. Yeah. So the 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 podcast is called Reply All. And I had listened to multiple episodes and I really I really liked it. Uh, again, if you kind of read about why PJ, I think it's Voight, uh, stepped away, um, you might decide not to listen to this podcast. Um, but if you would like to hear this particular episode, it's called The Case of the Missing Hit. And um, essentially, it starts off with this sort of groundwork of um, getting something stuck in your head and you just can't let it go. And then the story kicks off from there uh, about a man who he has a song that he has in his head and he uh, is trying to figure out the origin of the song. And it's a delightful piece of audio that takes you on a, like a little journey um, of ups and downs. I didn't know where it was going to go. Aaron didn't know where it was going to go. And there are just certain podcasts, the people that are behind it. I mean, you have hosts of podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, but when it's a production like this, there's actually like, you know, producers and there's all these people that kind of support the actual creativity of put, you know, what it takes to do an episode. And so there's a lot of people that went into the making of this episode. And so I think, um, uh, just how it was all put together. It, it's always it's also interesting when when a podcast has the kind of budget that this one must have to do what they do this episode because they literally put a band together to make the music that was in wow. this man's head. And yeah, so it's 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 just a delightful thing to listen to, and it's enough of a mystery that you want to stay to the end, and it's not too long that you're like get the fuck to the point. So <laughs> um, it's a good quick listen. Again, the podcast is called Reply All. Do your research. Decide on what you want to to do. They're they're no longer creating episodes. I think it's actually completely on hold at this point in time. But um, but the 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 one that I think that you guys might enjoy is called the case of the missing hit. I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys. One of the reasons I want more people to listen to this particular episode is I don't want to be the only one with the song stuck in my fucking head i need people does to it, join me in the chaos does it sound like this does it sound like take these chances nope no it. It that was the one uh i will say this in order to encourage you to seek this out i believe this is the most compelling podcast episode i've ever heard it's um, really it it's really in, fun like, i was so into this mystery it is a mystery it is uh, presented in such a beautiful, like it's informational well done, right? way. It's right. really, oh, yeah. really right well now, done. Um, so, yeah. And also, it, here's here's to put it into perspective for you how much Aaron was into this. He actually slowed it down to regular speed. <laughs> it's true because Aaron listens at his. He listens to podcasts on like faster speed. One point four. Consume mm-hmm. the content. Wait, yep. am I on the right thing? Uh, how, was it the latest episode? No, 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 no. no, no, no it's no, been out no, for a long you're gonna time. Look for you're gonna look for the case of the missing hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but this is this re- is reply it. all. Reply all that? is the mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. The case of the missing hit. All right, I just is subscribed. Leave me alone. So, <laughs> uh, search through. I, I, when I'm looking for episodes that are in the past, I will oftentimes start at the website for the podcast and get a direct link. So it might be something that if you're searching through your podcast feed, it might not be as easy. Hopefully, you can just search for it inside your podcast player of choice. 
Um, but I believe Aaron did a search for it and got a direct link and then went to the pot, like went that direction. So again, the case of the missing hit from reply all is my recommendation. I mean, you know, you oh, never know what we never know what you're going to get, but you know, sometimes you just have to take these chances. I mean, you're just going to make it your thing. It's true. And that's okay. It's true. You just embrace it. Yeah. Here's the record warrant for it. Once again, there's, there's some stuff about the podcast host that is, you know, Aww. disappointing. Uh, but then also you will likely have an earworm after you listen to this. Double and warning. again, I just want you to know it's because I want you to have this with me. I want to invite you into the chaos of the earworm. And I appreciate those who are willingly going to do that. So for my Beyond the Sins, uh, I watched the first three episodes of Why the Last Man on Hulu. Oh, very curious um, about this. And I uh, found the concept so intriguing that I was uh, willing to stick with it for three hours. Um, so if you don't know the concept of Why the Last Man, which I think is a famous comic book or graphic yes, novel. very, um, very famous comic book. Yep. Basically, all the men die. That is the concept. Uh, something to do with Ooh, the... Danae is like, I'm in. <laughs> oh, is that how I am as a person? Uh, no. I just want men to die? Gosh, Jonathan. I what? I feel like maybe this I'm is, putting... This is ripping on Jonathan the week. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Jonathan. The... I'm not ripping on you. So, so all the men die because they have a Y chromosome except one. And that's as much as I, I mean, I know a little bit more from the first three episodes. Oh but my God, uh, this reminds me of Last Man on Earth. I missed that. Yes, uh, absolutely. This mm-hmm. is the dramatic version of Last Man on Earth. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I think, I think Last Man on Earth was very God. inspired by Why, Why the Last Man. Man. Um, yeah. He has a pet monkey that is adorable that is also mm-hmm. male <laughs> and also the only male animal to survive. Then, And again, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think I'm giving a lot away because this is all first episode stuff, but um so i will the caution i will give is that some of the deaths are pretty bloody and graphic like if that's gonna um trigger you um but just the idea of then what the woman population does um and the men who have survived who are trans uh you know so there are still men who have survived uh they just don't have a y chromosome uh so the show is you know kind of dealing with all these really interesting things and i'm kind of loving it like it to me, the concept is great, but then the delivery on the mystery and the world building is what hooks me in. And I think this is doing that extra uh, part. So, um, yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm in for Why the Last Man. Uh, I'm sure. sad I haven't had a chance to watch it. This week has just been insane. Oh, sure. Work yeah. And outside of work stuff. But uh, this is one of my all-time favorite comics. Um, I think it was I think it was like 100 issues. I mean, because it had a beginning and an end. Like, they, they it had a run and it ended. And uh, it's just... It's just so cool. But uh, yeah, no, Last Man on Earth, I never heard anybody say that, but th- there had to be some influence because I that that felt at times very much like Why the Last Man. I miss Man. that show. Obviously, Why that the Last so Man good. is more serious. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just such a cool comic, such a cool concept. So I'm really excited to check this out. I've heard like from people that actually like the comic, I've heard a little bit of both sides of it. You know, I haven't read too much in detail because I don't want to know what they're doing. But um, but uh, so I'm really curious to check it out. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, though. That sounds that sounds promising. Uh, I guess that is the other uh, thing to say is I have no um, experience with the original graphic novel. So I don't come to it from any kind of history. I just come into it blank um, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, that is, is why good. the last man on Hulu uh, reply all uh, search for the missing hit uh, in your podcast player in malignant, which is available on HBO max. 
that's going to do it for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, Dad Bod Drake, and myself, we will see you next week. (laughs) Happy National Checkers Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. Check, check. Uh. Oh, excuse me. That's so gross. Hey, Danae. Okay. All right. I was thinking maybe we'd get a little <laughs> test of the microphone. Just something. Uh. Just, you know. Just hear uh, your I thought voice. it'd be funny. I thought it'd be funny because it's just like the night doesn't actually say anything on an audio podcast. Yeah, that's funny. No, that is <laughs> funny. Well, the podcast released today, and I have already been overwhelmed with uh, messages that I that I messed up. <laughs> uh, when you include in your podcast saying something like, "Hey, I'll put that in the outtakes for you," generally a good idea to put that in the outtakes for people. Uh, totally. Oh, something you just yeah, didn't put in the outtakes. Why didn't space. you put in the outtakes? It was just like the the different version of the like the more accurate version of opening all the videos oh, at the same time. Yes, you did talk about that. And I like that. that thirty second version. I was like, I'll just throw that. Oh, you never and did that. I didn't oh. put it in the outtakes. So as you're hearing this outtake, we now get to <sighs> see if it happens two weeks in a row. If I oh, forget, that's wonderful. So, that's wonderful. Well, it'll just become a running gag. Aaron forgets to put something in the outtake. It'll happen. That's going to be everyone's least favorite part of the podcast, though. (laughs) The funniest running gag ever. Okay, so somebody on our team messaged me and said, what is the deal with all of the emails? And I was like, what are you talking about? And sent me a screenshot because apparently whenever they share something like up in the section, when they put in Jonathan's name, it comes up with all of the alt emails I've been creating. And I... So I I and sent me a screenshot and it's like um help me become a ninja like all these secret <laughs> things <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that either. I saw that the he sent that screenshot to I had to no me. idea that everyone else could see the email links. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, sh- I thought it was hidden. I thought it was hidden. I didn't realize. So that means if anyone types in like at Aaron, all of the ones for Aaron come up too. But they don't, but I don't think they do for, because if, I think once you start emailing a specific email, I think that just kind of is the one that comes I up, because I don't ever I don't have what you're talking about. I didn't know this was a thing either. What are I you know. even talking when about? said person, when the person pulled up Jonathan, it was like all these emails that she had created oh, before. All the ones. Like, 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 like at the beginning of the podcast. I was like, back, yes, no, what, they're hilarious. When it was like, I don't Jonathan's know, like falling off of a blanket or, or, or teach Jonathan how to yeah, use a blanket. How to use or, a blanket <laughs> at, at cinemasins.com. Yeah. <laughs> When he ties to Jonathan, so he sends me a screenshot. Yeah. And he's like, I'm trying to share the script with you, but I don't know which one of these to send it to. Obviously, you share the scripts with share a script with Jonathan at cinemasins.com. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Oh <laughs> I was like, hey, well, do you remember the running gag on Behind the Sins? And had to remind him what the running gag was. And his response was, wait, you actually made those emails? <laughs> I didn't delete them. They're still there.
I really like there, there's there's a couple of of haircuts that I've enjoyed, but for the most part, long hair is just fine, and it's all I really want to mess with. And then I can do interesting things with ponytails, yeah. like I can pull mm-hmm. it off to the side, and then I just twist it, twist it, twist it, twist it, twist it until it turns itself into a knot. And then I just clamp it to my head and people are like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, all I did was twist it until it it, <laughs> it did this. And and I love that because it's like really minimal effort. And also because my hair is so fine, it doesn't it doesn't knot up mm-hmm. in a way where I have to comb yeah. it out. It's it's just it just lays it just lays there. And that's yeah. my hair, everybody. Thank you for coming <laughs> to my TED talk. I think you mean your head talk. <laughs> my head talk. Just like in massage therapy or anything, you kind of find your groove and like what you do well. And so Mm -hmm. this salon, the people that they work with, they have found certain types of hairstyles or certain types of cutting or uh, certain types of dyeing that really work well for them. And so there's this one who is a fine hair specialist. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder what that would be like. But at the same time, I just don't care. Like if I go in there, they're going to look at it and go, holy crap, we need to cut like four inches off because it's just all dead. And you know what I would say to that? It's all dead anyway. (laughs) No one's touching my hair. No one cares. Like it's not like I have anybody in my life who's like, wow, Danae, you've really let your hair go. So uh, it's just doing whatever it does. And I'm I'm actually kind of happy with it. I did think about dyeing it. But then that's a maintenance issue. It's also a money issue. So right now it's just. Also, you just said it's already dead. So it's why, already dead. Why would you dye it again? Oh, I see. <laughs> Best response ever. Oh, oh, oh hi. Oh, yeah. Hi. Okay. Pat, Pat, Aaron. Pat, Pat. Oh, hi. Oh, it's so funny. There's some satellite options as well. When I think of Dave Matthews, though, I always think of "Take this chance." Bring some I just think every week you two should do a duet together of a song I've never heard of. Like this is this will be the new fun thing. <laughs> Go watch the commercial uh, and prepare yourself. Why don't you just show it here? Oh my God, that's a great idea, Erin. God, Erin, how did you get to be the the great grandmaster? <laughs> golly, golly, gosh, let me do. Let's somewhere of my wildest dreams. Let's get into the show, shall we? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. So I did include, even though I didn't include um, the thing I said I was going to include in the outtakes, I, d- I did include the intro last week where you just gibberished all over my intro and I just kept going anyway. And so I took it out of the actual intro and then included it in the outtakes. Okay. And I swear it sounds like I just put my intro over your gibberish. Like the, the, <laughs> it's like it sounds so fake. But it's but it really happened oh, that way, man. as anybody here can attest. Mid show shout out to the chat. Editing for Aaron. Aaron has to edit. It's an editing nightmare. It's not a nightmare. It's what I do. I'm sorry. Um, Take these chances. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
walks this way. Yeah. He fails to tell the audience. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 